episode 224 of the F-Reality Podcast. Our podcast punch-up is ready for you, so strap in. Here are the topics to look forward to. Can District 9 and VR form a heartwarming union? Drifting off, Dear Wilson cries out in the night. Guy Godin pops in. Guy Godin pops in. Guy Godin. Sure. <laughs> Keep me French, Rowdy. Keep me French. Come on. Uh, pops in to sharpen up your TV set. Meta CTO Boz bites back on Twitter. Gordon Ramsay is shaking his spices at Tony Stark in an AI-driven culinary clash. And anyone got a staple gun? Because, goddammit, Lydia won't shut up. And speaking of people who talk a feckin' lot just like me, our chief curator, Jose, is going to spin us the latest releases before we pin the show. Let's go ahead and intro the F-Reality crew. This, like a thinly written Star Trek character, this botanist takes the study of the lives of plants one step further. He's also a botanist, and he's automating and writing routines of grandeur, which one day will consume and control your day-to-day lives. Give up all control. Relinquish your soul to Rowdy. Hey, Rowdy. Yes, I, I love that. You should, you should do that. Yeah. I'm, I'll, I'll try and be good. Although, I probably won't that well. <laughs> try hard. Try, try hard, Rowdy. Try hard. Uh, I, I've, been, I've been great. Uh, actually, I went to see, uh, and I, I mean, it's nothing to do with VR, but I did want to bring it up. I went to mm-hmm. see the new Guardians of the Galaxy uh, this week. I didn't know and there was one. Yeah, the I mean I I've always been I think I like the Guardians of the Galaxy more than any of the other Marvel movies, so I am probably a little bit more biased. Mainly because, you know, the music in it is kinda amazing. Uh I also like that they um they make it extra cringy, but in such a cringy way that it becomes funny again because they it's a lot of like self humor. Uh so I like that a lot. And I have to say like the the third one was uh was amazing. It was a it was a really good movie actually. Uh, it gets a really high score I saw on like many of the of the platforms as well. But if there are people who, who like that kind of stuff and want to have um, a nice Sunday afternoon, you know, just a two hour, 45 movie. Uh, and I went to see it with, uh, with a couple of friends and a couple of them. They typically don't stay awake for these kind of movies. Uh, and it was two hours, 45 minutes. You know, I've got a bit of older friends, you know. <laughs> uh, like, yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, like 35, you know, like quite old already. And uh, they, um, they, actually, uh, <laughs> they actually stayed awake through in, during the entire movie, which is uh, <laughs> an impressive feature in itself. Uh, so, yeah, good movie. If you're, if you're a fan of, of the Marvel stuff or if you're a fan of Guardians of the Galaxy, go and see it. Uh, and I like that they didn't, like, focus too much on, like, you know, the main, main characters. Like, you know, have Chris Pratt and... The yeah. woman who plays Gamora, which are usually like the focuses of of this kind of show, but it, they they took a little bit of a different approach here, um, which was uh, really well done, I think. A random oh, question for you: Did you see the Christmas special, Guardians of the Galaxy? They had their a Christmas special that was streaming on. I don't remember, but I'm just curious. I have not really... seen that. No, <sighs> I have not. Christmas seen that. special. They had a Christmas Guardians special. of the Galaxy. Yeah. Wait, wait, is that a movie or what? What do you mean? Uh, like that was like a short. I wouldn't say a movie, but like, you know, like Christmas specials usually like half an hour, but it was still like high production value had the characters in it. I think it was on Disney plus when I watched it, uh, but you know, <laughs> well, sorry, I, gotta, I know you're, I know you're our Christmas last and all that, but like, 
What is a Christmas galaxy? special? What is that? What is that exactly? What what, what to you is that? Because I don't know what Christmas that means. Christmas special. Okay, like it's it's when you take a well known <laughs> franchise and they just do a little like a half of a movie that's Christmas themed. Like it's a Christmas special. That's what they call them. You've never heard I'm, of Christmas why, why special. Why is Jose dying? I, I'm just surprised that I, I'm just loving the fact that you are explaining what a Christmas special is. Yeah, <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was like a normal no prior prior thing. to the podcast. Uh, uh, Star Wars Zim, Christmas special. Prior to the podcast, you know? Sim mentioned that he loves the fact that we keep him updated with new things, but I didn't know that we were going <laughs> to update him things beyond what a Christmas special is. <laughs> Like, you know, how they did the Star Wars. What would you call the Christmas uh, Star Wars thing? It's a, it's a Star it's a Wars Christmas, Christmas special. special. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I don't know. I, don't know I didn't what even know there was a Star wait. Wars Christmas special. <laughs> there isn't. There is. There is. You, wait, you're just talking about like putting, <clears throat> do you mean like putting Die Hard on like the whole no. film on no, Christmas Day? Is that what you mean? It's a, an existing franchise that makes a, a <laughs> special Christmas like it, it's just for Christmas. Like the but Simpsons. Like yeah. the Simpsons does like an episode yep. okay. on Christmas, yeah. right? Sort of, but, but it's usually the, movie hol- franchises. It's not like so a holiday like a themed. Show. Yeah, that's the right. holiday special. It's 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 a special I've... episode that centralizes over the holiday. It's usually they it happens a lot during Christmas in the U.S. at least. But yeah, it's it's a it started like all the way up to like in the eighties when mm-hmm. Star Wars Christmas <laughs> special. It was wow. it got it got buried under the rug because it was so bad. But <laughs> yeah, it's pretty yeah. bad. But but it's well known. I I thought I don't know. <laughs> never mind. I I, I I clearly am too busy on Christmas because I've never heard of this. So thank we, you for enlightening we got, me. Uh, we got Arcane Mage saying I can't be alone. Uh, that I now really want an F reality Christmas special. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna have to make that we'll happen. We'll have to do it according to what Zim considers a Christmas special. So oh, like, he mentioned Die Hard. So let we gotta go with that. <clears throat> with what that idea? Really that, yeah. That's the theme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I'm really anything. I don't qualify in any category. Anyway, Rowdy has been telling us about this lovely new Sorry. film. Um, I barely, I know I've seen it, but I barely remembered that there was a second one. So that's 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 great. Uh, and I will look, go see the third one because I, I, I like the second uh, and I like that first film as well. So good shout, Rowdy. Anything else you want to call out or... Uh, uh, no, I think, me live I think, on the podcast is enough. I, yeah, I think that's probably the highlight of my week. Uh, you know, I always like doing that. You know. <laughs> oh Lord. Well, that's good. That's great. Thank you, Rowdy, Adam, and Jose. Great educated right, today. You're welcome. Put, put the uh, put put the crew back in the box here for a second. Right. So, <clears throat> creator for creators and part time master painter. She's giving graffiti lessons and giving a a respray job on the whole podcast. From album art to our website, she's dunked it all in a palette of funky colors. Uh, Now I'm just waiting for a fashion consultant to show up at my front door, barge inside, and throw out my entire wardrobe. Uh, She stops at nothing to coat us in that future punk style F-Reality has wanted to wear for years, and she's the black belt of the group. That's Adam Bombati. I, I have been, and that's been another weekend where I'm all over the place with my games. I did like Call of the Sea, uh, Propagation, Paradise Hotel, and Rogue Ascent. Like three games that are nothing remotely Alike. even similar to each other. But I'm like, let's go, I guess. But Is that like a satanic ritual or something? It feels like you were drawing some kind of special I need one more. I need one more for it to be complete. One more. But yeah, so three-fourths <laughs> of the way there. Yeah. But I, I will say, like, as someone who loves horror games, I was really excited for uh, Paradise Hotel. And I will say this would probably not be a Jose-approved uh, horror game. Because 
when I, we were talking about Switchback and how scary that might be, once I played it, I was like, it's kind of like, but it's it's like going to a haunted house or a roller coaster scary where yep. you're scared, but you're laughing, <laughs> you know, it's more thrilling than than like Paradise Hotel where you're like, I don't want to, why don't I not have a flashlight? Why does my flashlight have batteries? I don't want to take a couple steps forward. Things are going to bite my ankles. Like, I don't like it. I mean, I do like it, but it's, it's not, it's not a, on the Jose factor of scary. I would say it's not a Jose game. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> He's noping yeah. out right now. Every single thing you mentioned, like going into haunted houses or man. No, like I don't like none of that stuff. Like Halloween fest and all that stuff. Mm-mm. You like roller coasters? Not that stuff. If they're not scary, like if they're themed after something <laughs> fun, like Superman or something like that. That's... Like I, 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 I feel you, Jose. Like, but for me, it's like like horror movies. I'm completely fine with. Like, I can watch them, no problem. Doesn't matter how scary they are. But, like, uh, horror games, yeah. you know, when I need to do the action of going into the dark cellar, exactly. I'm just turning my mouse around and saying, nope, I'm going back to my car, I'm driving home. Exactly. No, I'm not, you do I'm the not... thing that we all say when we're watching horror movies is, why are you going there? Stop it, you idiot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you're like, yeah, I'm just oh, not going to do it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's it's literally not, the best no. thing. So what was uh, what how, what did you take away from uh, propagation? How was that? Because I'm I'm a horror fan for VR and I'm I'm curious about it. You know, like is that something worth getting into? Yes, it's very very well polished. The like they did a great job on the atmosphere. Um, uh, it's just kind of dread <laughs> everywhere you go. And then um, I haven't finished it yet, so I can't uh, you know talk about how long it is quite yet. But yeah. I, Right now, I'm trying to find like a certain key card or something, so I have to go into. It almost feels like I'm going in a circle on the same floor uh, of this hotel room, but it's mostly, I think, because I'm also purposely trying to avoid going in certain doors. <laughs> so, like, I think it's just a self. Like, I'm like, I know I have to search all of these rooms. I don't want to, but I know I have to in order to progress. But it is very, uh, I don't know. Like, it's one of those games where you're not sure if all the dead zombie bodies are actually dead zombie bodies and not Ooh, really like spoilery that. but sometimes they're not or they you think you shot one but it's, it could come back later anyway it doesn't matter so it's pretty good they do a great job of littering the floor with bodies that make you not want to walk by anything and um yeah i, I really like it i think if you if you enjoy horror you're gonna love it it's awful been a great way i will, I will. <laughs> i'm gonna cue that one up i'm gonna cue that one up i love i love ankle biters being in zombie games because it's it's one of the scariest things when you down a zombie and then it like it's still coming for you but at you know i was gonna say little girl height but you know like the scary <laughs> short thing right coming at you kind of like alma back in in um what was that called fear yeah fear ancient game now but i had a yeah. There was one moment where I was purposefully trying to get a zombie to come after me because I just needed to film, you know, an action part for something. So I was just like shooting my gun around and nothing was happening. So I'm like, OK, I'll like I'll walk around these dead bodies and maybe like look at them. And of course, one of the bodies was the one that like legitimately scared the crap out of me because I wasn't prepared for that or, or you know, dead bodies. But it wasn't really I don't know. It's 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 a great game. I would definitely play I'll it, definitely but... watch him play it. That's yeah. what I guess. Yeah. Exactly. It, right. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this idiot rocking it. That's screeching. I have to say, it's not often that I find myself like watching back, but I I forget who it was, but I was watching somebody play a VR game and they were just absolutely terrified. And it is like, it is so fun um, (laughs) to just watch someone else go through that fear 
I get it. You know, like I get it. It's just like so much fun, especially the noises that come out of people that don't <laughs> yeah. normally, especially you know grown what? men. Like, it's also it's funny. especially of, Zim. It's sort of Zim goes in like, like high pitched girl scream. Oh my god! <laughs> you don't want to hear. We mine. need a lot of clips of that. It's oh, beautiful. Yeah, we, we, we kind of need to find a way to get together, right? We'll do a room escape together, guys, but then we'll really just trap Jose in something oh, no. really scary oh, and record dude. his audio. You will hear, it, will be, it will be just a lot of gibberish, cursing, a lot of Spanish involved in there. It, He's not oh, speaking dude. in tongues? Oh, yeah, literally. I'll become one of them. I'll just join them. <laughs> That's like one of the worst stories I ever heard. When I started off, I did an electrical electronic engineering degree, and I started off in power engineering, and they had these big, big... Um, um, what do you call them? Not a boiler, uh, but a, a large unit that has a giant trap steel door. And um, <clears throat> you, it's a furnace, basically. You, you, you light this thing up. It takes eight hours to come online, like for a coal plant or something like that to generate electricity. Like a reactor, yeah. Anyway, um, they lost one of their engineers. And at one point, they, uh, they were checking around the plant or whatever. And, and they ended up finding <clears throat> inside the steel door, the steel had been scrawled. Uh, several nail fingernails were caught in the steel door and, of course, melted in place. Um, the guy had gotten trapped inside this as it was coming online and, yeah, broiled to death. Um, but can you imagine what it would take in terms of the Eight anxiety hours? of, yeah. like, yeah, geez, that's a slow cooker, man. Yeah. That's like, that's oh horrible. God. But yeah, that's... I think of that anytime someone no pun talks <laughs> about trying. About about someone who's trapped in somewhere they don't want to be. Uh, I, I can't think Jeez, of a worse way God. to go, you know? That's a pretty bad one. Anyway, anyway, now that we've uh, started everyone off on the right foot, um, uh, welcome to the podcast, Adam. <laughs> All right, next up. <clears throat> he's a builder, he's a maker. And as we heard off stream after the last podcast, he's, in, he's a sticky, icky coffin shaker. Uh, cue uncomfortable laughter. Uh, he might as well be making the U.S. Enterprise, given the amount of tin he's been hugging lately. Fog machines and big VR needs, let me assure you, this guy's got your business P&L solved in his dreams. Bringing the future to LBE and going gloves off with Meta on wireless stability, Jose is the destroyer, and he'll shake down your VR mansion. Hey, Jose, how you doing, buddy? Yo, yo, not much, man. I'm feeling great. Um, I, I feel like... I was talking to 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 some buddies earlier today, but I feel like I woke up today feeling like a like a level eighty going into like a level fifty boss fight. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> nice. everything is just so in sync. You know what I mean? I, I love it. I've been playing um a lot more flat games in VR again, um, especially on the Quest Pro. I, I've been playing off for Forbidden West. I am in love with it. Hey, um, being able to to stream to the PS Five um has been a game changer uh, i i love it i just the the fact that i can now take my life just to clarify yes. i know what you're talking about yes. but you're talking about having your ps5 not with you and being able Correct. to streaming reach it and yes. play games so far away I have a, it's a crazy convoluted setup but i can explain it real quick so i have a, a vpn cloud router where i have my ps5 connected to a capture card with my monitor equipment so technically yep. i can stream anything from the computer, including devices that are connected into it, like my Xbox and my PS5. Some PlayStation 5 streaming restrictions, like if you want to watch a movie, you can't. I purchase yeah. a lot of stuff. I also have a lot of uh, special treatment accounts so I can access like Netflix and stuff like that. Um, Doesn't sound dodgy at all. <laughs> no, fine, it's yeah. fortunately not dodgy, <laughs> but I can't talk much about it. But um, I'm able to stream it. So it's like a, a cool 
hacky way for me to access my content anywhere I go. That's cool. So I've been playing. But a you're lot. so you're you're out east at the moment. Yes. Um, but your 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 hardware is out west. Out west. Yeah. So my wow. coast to coast. So I'm technically streaming through streaming. So I actually have the PS5 <laughs> streaming onto the desktop locally, and then I'm connected to my desktop. Which, weirdly enough, gives me a better connection. I lose less frames because, you know, the PS5 isn't really equipped to upload bandwidth directly like that. So it's just little things that I yeah. figured out. And, I, yeah, I've been playing a lot of Horizon, Forbidden West. And I just, it's awesome to be able to just look like a crazy psycho sometimes. Because I was actually able to play on a United Airlines flight. Um, I was able, what? yeah, I, I actually recorded. So I, what? Yeah, I actually was able to stream for a good i'll say like 15 20 minutes of the flight i had a good frame rate going i recorded it i i'll, I'll definitely uh i'll pull the i'll pull the the feed from the headset but it's actually cool that that you know we're getting there where bandwidth is now starting because that's kind of my obsession lately which is optimizing wow. bandwidth and graphical uh output uh using less bandwidth so that's kind of like my obsession lately so just being able to to see yeah. the feats that people are doing behind the scenes that you often don't think about. It, it, it's super cool. No, that is totally rad. Oh, yeah. Like I felt empowered when I was away from <laughs> yeah. my Canadian home, maybe a couple hours drive south, I don't know, 10 hours or something. And I was like, holy shit, I can just play on my console sitting in my mother-in-law's house. And I was like, this is incredible. Like I fell in love with the PS5. Yeah. It was brand new to me. Like we just bought it. I bought it secondhand, cabled it up. And then Beckon took off for Thanksgiving. And over Thanksgiving, I was like, holy shit. But what you just described <laughs> is like watching the film Inception inside of <laughs> yeah. that feeling. I like to, I, I don't know, I don't know what it's about me. I like to, to make things very difficult for myself. It's more fun. <laughs> like if I could find a way, like it, it's just, just the dumbest things. Like I, I, I usually have a device with me that can handle all that. And I would be like, no, I'm going to find a way to cloud stream it. And then use like my and smart glasses and it, it's just, <laughs> Yeah, I have more fun with like the process of setting it up rather than playing it. You're challenging oh yourself. You can yeah. Appreciate the challenge. I, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I love you seven times over, Jose, because you're the technically adept version of me, right? Like, I, I love that, but I'm not good at it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I struggle. You try it. Hey, yeah. Exactly. That's the battle. <laughs> This is amazing. I love this. Every podcast, we learn more stuff. And yeah, that's how your, your setup sounds so cool. So cool. I want to I just imagine a wireframe diagram of it, but it's, I'll just imagine that for it's, now. It's nice. I won't make you draw it. <laughs> oh, that's great. OK, cool. Well, anything in chat? I saw you poking up something there, Adam. What was it? Yes, this is very, very important. We uh, Jeff wanted to ask um, if both Zim and Rowdy, since you don't aren't familiar with the Christmas special thing, if you've ever <laughs> heard of the the peanuts christmas special I and mean, you know the peanuts gang right snoopy and the gang and they have their christmas special yeah. what do you call that then sure. the peanuts christmas show <laughs> i just call that peanuts i thought peanuts was always like linus dragging a towel around and uh but you know snoopy sitting on his doghouse with snow on the ground i have no <laughs> idea what peanuts is i've never heard of peanuts. Charlie peanuts brown? Gang? a charlie brown okay so the only thing I know is what my wife has once told me because she's from the UK and they have that kind of stuff there. But in Belgium, we never really had it. And uh. like Charlie Brown, I, I know I saw a scene where they're playing like the bass guitar or something and like they have this little band playing. Is that it? I mean, they do have <laughs> like know. a is band, that? but it's just like yeah, that's the only Lucy's thing. on piano, I think. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember who exactly plays what, but that's like yeah, one of the famous that, scenes. I've, I've seen that part on YouTube once. 
I'm trying to. I'm literally looking through like the the well the best known like holiday specials to see if there's one that you guys recognize. <laughs> and then I re- so the, like I I get that this is probably. Uh, a holiday special, but yeah. like, don't you have to be there for when it like is a holiday special once it's out there forever? Is it like when Mariah, Mariah Carey came out with that terrible song that's on, you know in in stores every Christmas now? Like, is it is it one and done or does it repeat every mm, year? Like, yeah, that's depends on the reception, I guess. Like, um, even okay. the Star Wars one is awful, but I think that airs uh, every year still in in certain places, or I guess now streaming platforms probably. But yeah, usually I guess if it if it does really well, if the franchise is big enough or well-known enough they'll usually just bring it out every year just keep making more or of they them make it a, or like, they make it a thing yeah like uh, a lot of tv shows popular shows they have a episode that they call like the holiday episode and then like, if if everybody loves that they do like a sequel to that holiday episode but, the next season but do they actually bring <laughs> yeah. it out i mean last last question about this because <laughs> yeah it's so not real vr related but you know does that come out in the cinemas or is it just on like tv like tv, TV. TV right usually yeah. just tv yeah it's always a okay. special episode that they just happen like pokemon for example the pokemon animated series they randomly introduce santa claus into the story by saying that, that hey this is yeah and that, that's that is episode pokemon? is it's on Pokemon, the original animated series. Really? Yeah. Cool. Had a had a special episode where Pikachu and Ash helped Santa Claus deliver the gifts, and it's a special. Oh, like Kiss! Like Kiss had Christmas yes. special to it, and they're yeah. really bad ones. Holy! There were a lot of really yeah, stupid how? Christmas specials. We, that we not, really that need that to existed. focus in on this on a specialty <laughs> episode. I feel I think this because there are going to be people who just like just tuned in. They're like, why the hell are they talking about Christmas? It's goddamn May. <laughs> <laughs> I important. just cut the grass for the first time. Like, come on, guys. All right. I love uh, it. Good. Okay, thank you. Well, Chad, thank you for your contribution this week. Um, this has been an interesting start to the show for sure. All right. So for those of you who don't know me, I uh, my name is Zim, and it is my uh, pleasured responsibility to taste test the internet and bring a funky set of flavors to you in a fortnightly ice cream parlor podcast. Uh, so first, let me share my highlight before we get into the news. Um Frankly I swear to speaking, God, if this is a Christmas special, so it's <laughs> not a Christmas special, right? There's no, nothing, there's nothing jolly Santa about Claus this just at pops all. Out from behind. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not at all. It's only unless you, you, unless you say it's a present for myself, because I'll tell you, I'm a streamer, and normally streamers are supposed to entertain their audience. But for the last like two, three weeks, I have been largely ignoring my audience's need for entertainment. And I went totally introspective with uh, reestablishing my trend of organizing VR multiplayer sessions. So um, did like VR FPS gaming in Breachers, Pavlov World War II, which is actually where I heard that dude shrieking as a tank was rolling around a corner and shells were firing off. Another guy was like shrieking and I was like, I was like, nom, nom, nom. this is so good. I just love this guy's terror. Um <laughs> Super fun events. Love the FPS stuff. Got GT7. That's Gran Turismo 7 uh, queued up for tomorrow. Big event. You know, just like lots of players. Mixture of, you know, people who you'd know the names of and people who you just meet, you know, who say yes to the event and come along and just having such a blast with that. But it's very much self-serving. And I got to return to giving uh, entertaining content. But I've had some of the best times just in the month of April um, doing all of that. And most recently, my latest project has been just reorganizing my setup, getting ready for the race tomorrow, um, getting my base shaker ready, and frankly, zip tying a dinner table uh, to a chair and getting myself caught in my sim rig for a couple of minutes. I had pliers with me, thankfully, so oh, I was God. able to, after four or five minutes, get my cut myself loose of the rig and get out. But that was fun. 
on stream this week. Um, so for those who are curious and might be in a similar predicament to me, um, you know, you've got, you're an existing kind of old school wheel and you're like, well, if I want to connect it to a PlayStation 5, I can't, it's incompatible. I'm running a Logitech G27, um, but there's a little box um, that costs about a hundred bucks Canadian by Collective Minds, um, which is called the Drive Hub. And it's basically a hardware hack and they use the authentication from a PS5 controller to trick the PS5 into allowing this old wheel pedals and gear shifter to connect to the PlayStation and be recognized in games like Gran Turismo, which is very money saving. Uh, certainly saved me probably two thirds the cost of a new wheel. Mm. Um, and it's nice. I'm one of those people. I don't like having seven different pieces of tech. I, I just want to have the one thing and reuse it. And also I wanted to use, you know, my shaker setup with my seat and stuff. So I've been MacGyvering all of that together and that's just been fine. So sweet. I've, I'm looking forward to a race ahead. And if I was honest, uh, last night I was thinking, I was like, I don't want to do a goddamn podcast. I just want to go, I just want to go race some more in Gran Turismo. <laughs> um, cause that Sims side of me is, is kind of a reawoken. So, uh, I'll be doing that. I'll be doing that soon. Um, so looking forward to that and probably lots more in the next coming months ahead, I'd say. Um, but, uh, speaking of things that simmer. Um, now it's probably time to uh, step off our steam engines, remove our hats, and take a wee break to share the spotlight with one of our two sponsors this podcast, which is Rogue Ascent VR. I mean, didn't your mother teach you that it's rude to point? Well, point away when no one is looking in hand tracking title Rogue Ascent VR. Uh, the Rudy Tootie point and shooty game that makes your finger guns into lethal weapons as you ascend a futuristic skyscraper while looting and shooting your way through a rave-filled jam of fun fights. Uh, certainly the most capable hand-tracking game on Quest today. Uh, you'll be taken aback at how natural the sensation is. Um, the superpowers you get to move about kind of feels like a Spider-Man <laughs> throw as you move around the scene. Um, and, and this game is actually quite challenging. It's like one of the best uh, roguelike VR games uh, that we've got on offer. Um, the fact that it's hand tracking, it, it really is the best hand tracking title out there. And I say that with a couple of other games just shortly nipping at its heels. Um, but it has boss battles, <clears throat> procedurally generated levels for every run, um, multiple classes to choose from. So your different plays do feel a bit different. But uh, thank you very much to Rogue Ascent for helping sponsor the show today. And um, I reckon you should check it out. Have you guys all played Rogue Ascent? I, I'm not sure you have. Yes, and I can. Yeah, I can say that they, I do. Normally, hand tracking is really frustrating to me because it just doesn't work right. But the way that they, I guess, labeled the hands uh, for what you do, it makes it super simple. So it's literally shoot, hold up to reload, shield. Like it's you know you don't you can't lose tracking of your hands based on the how they've configured the simplicity of the hand tracking to work because like mm -hmm. again normally hand tracking is so frustrating <laughs> to me and it makes me just want to like take my headset and chuck it but it was super easy and rogue Ascent, such and a like, great wow. concept as well you know yeah. like you know because as a kid you know you used to do that you know when you're playing out some kind of shooting game you would like pull out your hands and like be like oh yeah i'm shooting you i'm shooting you but like <laughs> the way that they've done this and the way that they also leveraged i guess lift in order to make this trailer because i think the trailer is really Incredible. well done yeah. it really shows you know how much fun it is because i i i first because I, it's been a while since i played this game and i first was like 
wow, like, you know, this is kind of cool, like, how they've done the trailer here. And I wasn't even thinking about that. I was hand tracking up until I saw the guy, like, you know, standing no just regularly and he had his hands, <laughs> no controllers. And I was like, oh, wait, this, exactly. This is like, yeah, this is the hand tracking thing that made it so special. So, yeah, like, I think it's a, it's a great trailer that they've made for this as well. It really shows, it captures very well, like, how, how it's played in VR. And, and Adam's right. Like, I, I think that there are a couple of titles that have teased at like hand tracking or hand tracking only support um, where generally there's like a, it's almost like an uncanny valley of disconnection from the game that you normally feel. There's only two or three titles that surpass that barrier. And this is one of them. So yeah, if you, if you haven't really played around with it, it is super fun, especially in the situation that like Jose had, like if you're on a flight or something, right. And uh, you've got a headset and you really can't use controllers. You don't want to whack someone next to you. Do this in a plane. Hand tracking games fine. are great. Pistol <laughs> <laughs> whip the person next to you with their hand. Like, wow. <laughs> That'll go over very well yeah. with the uh, the onboard security person. I'm but sure. I'll be honest. Like when, when you when you talk about mixed reality <laughs> games that are really good, I would love it if uh, we had a a combination like a love child between Spatial Ops and Rogue Ascent. I would really like a local multiplayer game Ooh, that you're able tracking. to do. With hand tracking. I think it would work really well, even node-based, perhaps. I don't know. Uh, but that gun control could be really neat in a multiplayer title and not require controllers and batteries and all of that. So anyway, just going to seed that in the developers' heads. So thank That'd you be Kansas. hilarious to watch. Can you imagine just a bunch of people in one space going... Pew, pew, and <laughs> just standing there. I would there. love to see that. That's the, that's yeah. the problem with like co-op, like multiplayer, like like spatial ops. I realize that. And, and, and have you actually seen people publicly playing spatial ops? <clears throat> I feel that there's a I, mechanic that's missing that forces people to move around, like in, in those kinds uh, of games. No, no, no. So, so uh, both spatial ops and I'm trying to think of the one by uh, Chris Haney and team. Is that the FPS Space Pirate Arena? Space Pirate Arena. Yeah. Those games are greatly physical. Yeah. Um, it, it, you you do them in a gym or something. The problem is the setup time is a pain in the ass. Yeah. The setup space is most people don't have it. And then the lighting requirements of the headset. So if we're able to solve those three things, I guarantee you there will be clubs around this. I wanted to do it myself yeah. here in Toronto. I, I really do because it's a special <clears throat> thing. It sells VR really well and it's fucking fun as yeah. hell. It's super fun. I just feel super fun to it, do it's it. It's something that I've been noticing with these games because I, you know, I study them a lot, especially for LBE. I feel that that there's always a mechanic, a digital mechanic that like Spatial Up does it very well. Um, you mentioned Space Pirate Trainer Arena, right? Where the 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 threat is the other person you're playing with. But what happens when you're playing with a player that just understands the mechanics really well? And just stands there and just starts shooting at you and starts dodging. And, and it's it, it's one of those weird weird uh, mm. weird instances where I notice a lot of these games end up turning into like uh, I forget what it was. I think it was called Blaston, where you're standing in front of two people <laughs> shooting at each other. Yeah, it almost it almost like really good players always turn those games into just Blaston. Like I, I was watching some people play play it really really well uh. to the point that they were just standing there in front of each other. There's a few games that kind of do similar space pipe train arena almost is a similar way where if you're really good you can kind of just stand there too i always i always felt like these games are missing like something i agree with you now like a floor yeah. maybe like that a disappears a hook. A, hook. a hook yeah that forces you to move Sl 
I think I think that they should go physical with the combat. I know that right now they don't want to do yeah. it, but if you had melee weaponry, yes. yeah, exactly. If you could be if you could be Adam for a moment, right in that future universe, and just give her a nice big axe or a chainsaw or something like that, right? I mean, what would what would Adam do? What would future Adam Man, do? Like, WWF. Like I can make air hockey deadly. Let alone if we're giving me melee in a spatial room. <laughs> Jesus, like people are gonna get hit by me. <laughs> Is there a hockey game for VR? Air hockey. Uh, yeah. hockey or air hockey? I want like air an NFL hockey. blitz. I don't know if you ever, oh. if you ever, you, you said fighting in, in hockey. Now Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky VR. Yes. Yeah. I want to fight somebody <laughs> yeah. with hockey Close sticks in VR. Combination of thrill to fight <sighs> plus hockey. All right. Yes. <laughs> we are giving devs way too many, yeah, no many way That's too it. many ideas. <laughs> Let us know when you got your trailers ready and you've made it in a year or two and come back to us. We'll host it. Um, all right. With that, let's hop into the news because this is going to be the longest podcast ever if we're not careful. All right. <laughs> Gran Turismo, the movie, right? So there is um, a director named Neil Blomkamp, uh, and um, you might know him from... He's a, he's a South African-Canadian uh, known for films such as District 9, Elysium, and the heartwarming Chappie. Uh, more recently, he released a, a somewhat terrifying horror film in 2021, which I haven't seen yet, about a young woman unleashing a terif- terrifying demons when supernatural forces at the root of... A decade-old rift between mother and daughter are ruthlessly revealed, called Demonic. So I'm going to hunt that one down and look at it. That one didn't get great uh, reviews, but it's a Blomkamp movie, so I'm going to have to watch it. Uh, But yeah, now he's directing Gran Turismo, a movie about a gamer-turned-race driver, um, which is really, really an interesting mix. Take Heaton Neal and stick him with the game film, and this, this, I don't know where this is going. It's going to come out in August. Um, Neal had said, usually... There's someone exploding or some, like, genetically mutated creature running amok in my films. I just never would have thought in a trillion years that I would have made a race sports movie. It's even surprising now saying it. Um, so this is... Sony got to, you know, um, reviewing the director, actually, in their in their blog. And, and they said, uh, This film is based on a true story about Jan Martinborough, who learned to drive playing the game before driving professionally in real life. It was Gran Turismo he was playing, uh, competing against real other drivers in real life. And it's just kind of an amazing story. Uh, Neil had said, another reason I signed on to this project was because my stuff tends to be a lot darker and more dystopian. Um, But this movie felt, well, very inspirational. It had never crossed my mind that I would direct the movie where the audience would leave the theater feeling uplifted and inspired. And that was really appealing to him. So... This is the Gran Turismo movie coming. It fits in kind of very nicely with the driving thread that I said in, in, in terms of my update. But it's just another game film. Uh, game films tend to suck. So I hope that this isn't a total car crash. Um, but if, for those who are race fanatics and fans, look out for that one. That's coming. It would be funny if August. at the end of this revealed that the guy is actually an alien. That'd be amazing. Yeah. That'd be, <laughs> it's that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. I, actually, I love the idea of a, of a movie like this. Like, I hope like they, they just... Ah, uh, like I saw you racing at the arcade, kid. I feel like you should take a, like a real wheel, it's like Vin Diesel. <laughs> like if you can play, it's not even. It's not even one. It's it, they kind of take it a little bit like um, I can't remember that name of that film now, but um, book one can't remember. Um, it's it's like a whole run of like I'll call them sub athletes, right? It's just like a run run of different gamers, and um, this one kid, right, Yan, is the one who stands out from the pack and actually ends up competing against real race drivers and like in the trailer they're like they're gonna hate you kid you know like they're 
the real drivers are gonna fucking hate you. You know, so and it's so true. That's exactly what would happen if you're a fucking gamer and you go and like get in the racing crew. But this is a real story. So I don't know the full real story. I'm gonna save it for the film. I'm gonna like wait and watch it. Um, but yeah, that's that's this is what I wanted to call out. But like Rowdy, I kind of wish that dark side would come up in the film. Like there would be aliens yeah. or lasers or something would explode <laughs> in the middle, and it would all just go like off tilt and then become a Neil Blomkamp film. I would yeah. hope, but. I don't think Sony would allow that, but, uh, you know, I wish. I wish it would be that. Speaking of Sony, um, if you've been waiting to pick up a PSVR 2, uh, well, soon, local retailers are going to be getting units. And in a tweet on April 27th, which seems to be, you'll see this podcast as a theme, April 27th, everyone seemed to announce everything, um, PlayStation announced that PSVR 2 will soon be in stock at local retailers, which is good. So for those people who, you know, during the pre-order, and we're buying direct from Sony's website, we're like, why can't I buy from Amazon? And those were those of us in Canada were snickering and going like, haha, I just placed mine at Amazon Canada. Um, <laughs> your heart will soon be content because of the option with both online retailers and brick and mortar stores getting PSVR 2, which I think is long overdue. Um, I honestly think that they should have launched uh, with that support, but something probably got in the way. Um, I don't think it was lockdown or COVID related at this point. Maybe it was supply chain. Uh, but I'm just glad that uh, PSVR 2 has been out there long enough now to have a fair flavor if you're a gamer who hasn't, you know, scrape, scrape your pennies together for it because it's not cheap. And you're thinking, is it worth a PS5 plus a PSVR 2? I'll tell you a hand on heart. For me, it absolutely was. Um, it's an amazing console. And so don't hesitate. If you see content out there that you want to play and this is something you want to get into, I think you'll end up falling in love with your PS5. <clears throat> separately and then your psvr2 as well uh, i've both of them are just incredible and like jose i'm uh, i've got to play catch up with uh, adam on uh, forbidden west <laughs> i've only played about two hours of that game and i'm gonna have to catch up but the psvr2 itself is just an incredible piece of tech honestly so there you go nice. so that's coming what do you think that effect is gonna have now that it's coming to stores like more broadly do you think that's gonna lead to better sales in 2023 or do you think it's still going to be kind of just a dribble i think it's going Curious. to lead to better sales right not convinced I'm, I'm i'm thinking it's gonna it's gonna i think it's gonna allow stores to like maybe showcase it more uh like that you have like maybe like a station where you can try it and people can experience it but it is still a big investment uh, in order for people who have not like you know is the playstation and the psvr then uh, so I'm I'm not too convinced that it will like you know significantly impact this. Oh, it might significantly impact the sales, but not to an extent that is all all of a sudden going to triple or quadruple yeah, the sales. Yeah, exactly. On a on a percentage basis, to somebody who's selling it, they might say, "Oh yeah, this has done a big job for us." But I agree mm. with Rowdy. I don't think it's going to be transformational no, per se. I think it'll feed the dribble <laughs> to some extent mm. and allow people to run across it kind of naturally. Like I've heard about it, now I can actually see it, touch it, feel it. Um, I, I would doubt it would convert people into buying it who were flat gamers at this point. And I think what Sony needs to do is come in later in the year with some kind of whammo title, title. um, yeah. could even just be a single IP, but something big that would help sell for Christmas yeah. and then Christmas and really black Friday sales. That's when they hit with a price swing, some kind of short reduction, and then parents get swindled into buying this for their kids. Yeah. That that's my, I, 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 I agree with that. So I think it's, it, it's going to be a play for making sure that the demand can be met once it happens right now the if you even go to walmart the the meta the meta display kiosks are removed 
Um, there's no way. They? Yeah, they're, they they still sell them, the, but the kiosks where you can actually see oh. the the Quest Two right. with the controllers and all that, they're no longer on display. No touching. Yeah, and 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 that's a problem no for VR because a lot of people still it don't is. know what a headset looks like, the comfort factors. I feel like PlayStation needs that, and they're, they're they understand that most people don't understand what these headsets look like, what they connect. Most people still think that the PSVR two requires like a box to connect to the to the console, like the original one did. They don't realize that the form factor has changed the cabling connection. I feel that if there is going to be a demand, you must have it on display. Um, GameStop has a. a I can't talk much about that, but there, 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 there's a lot of retail. There's a lot of retail momentum about how VR is going to get displayed a lot and, and connected with consumers. And Sony is very, very heavily involved in that conversation because they understand that, and that's probably where the Gran Turismo movie comes from. There is a lot of, especially in Japan, when they look at the PS5. If you look at the marketing and the messaging, they don't really call it a gaming console in Japan. They call it a personal movie entertainment computer. I think they call it, they call it because they're trying to really expand, yep. especially in Germany, with the sim, the simulation um, uh, aspect of it all. It, there's a really weird push that Sony is is doing behind the scenes with the PSVR that we're going to start seeing a lot leading on to the holidays. Yeah, right. I'm Do excited they? for the mm-hmm. future of this. Do they do Donna? demos at the at GameStop of have they done? I guess not future, but have they done in the past? Like, because I don't I don't go outside anymore. Yeah. But like Quest, uh, the original <laughs> PlayStation VR. Because I'm wondering, you know, who's also they used to helping with these headsets, or do they just like here random person just put on the headset and hope you have a good experience? Good luck. Their store employees know? used to do it. Yeah, store so, employees would do it. Yeah. Um, Europe, we we had a lot fewer like a lot less uh, i say we i'm not even there anymore um but there, there there weren't that many brick and mortar shops with demo stations whereas they used to have them i know in the u.s in quite a, there were quite a lot and a lot of the playstation ones sold quite well i i think again i think the hesitance post covid has died off i think they could do it and consumers wouldn't be like eh, yuck i don't want to put my face into that thing i i, I just think that uh, the staffing side it just gets blended. Anyone who's you know worked in a GameStop or or, or one of those like a EB doesn't exist anymore, right? EB <laughs> Games got out. Oh, well, there's it. a right. there's a good example Emory about Road. that. There was also no uh, Nintendo Wii uh, kiosk, believe it or not. A lot of people the the, the Nintendo Wii hmm. the Nintendo Wii because of the motion controllers, you really can't create a kiosk experience that could showcase the powers of a virtual reality device or a motion device because there we, is we had them in Ireland. Well, yeah, they we had them in Ireland, they're, they're, but they were they were tethered. they were like they were like plastic bars yeah. holding the controllers. Jesus. I agree completely yeah. with you. It's not ideal no, for that yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> and you're like you're like I can't move properly. What's going on? But you can still get the feel of what yeah. was going without hitting somebody. Yeah, you know? I that remember this is weird weird like story or memory you ripped open, but uh, I was actually working at Circuit City when Wii Music, which was like a a, a Nintendo Wii band orchestra game that came out um right. that you could play multiple instruments and we had like a huge kiosk for that set up. And the day before that we had it all set up, the, the actual company had to remove it because it was dangerous because people would be playing and flinging <laughs> around and there was like dangers of people being hit. And virtual reality GameStop locations because of the footprint size, they maximize a lot mm-hmm. of 
uh, profit per space. It's just very difficult to create these types of experiences where Sony, on the other hand, that has amazing relationships with retail giants, let's say like Best Buy, that has like show floors that they can kind of say, hey, we want a PSVR 2 <clears throat> experience location and you know, build those. Meta, uh, a lot of VR companies behind the scenes are looking into that. And, you know, it, it's really cool because this is kind of the, the intersection of arcades and entertainment. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. I, I hope it comes back. I hope it comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and not not just for PlayStation. Everyone. I yeah. hope when Meta launched theirs that they decide that their pilot out in California shop was a bad idea and they shut that down. And they fire. I'm just kidding. Um, but they should just get in with standard retailers instead of trying to open their own brick and mortar shops Nobody's because nobody wants drive, to see a Facebook portal. And they're not going to drive all the way to this one, you know, not that it's very obscure, but like for a lot of people, it is one location just to try it. Like you need to have it available to test out in more, you know, in a lot of more local, well, not local, but big box chains that are more widely available to more people. Otherwise, but for, forgive this if I, if I, if I'm um, misunderstanding, but I thought that the whole point of their initial setup was just to pilot and see if it would be worth their while to open brick and mortar stores across North America. That's what I thought Meta was testing. And also with that to show. force retailers that didn't want to work with them. That's the reality. That's where at the end of the day, it's all business relationships. That's how you get into retail. A lot of companies, unfortunately, don't like Meta or Facebook, especially businesses and retail giants because they have been hurt through ads and SEO. So there's a lot of politics behind the scenes where right, it is yeah. in their best interest to kind of showcase the value because they don't one, they're a new company also in the hardware space, um, especially when you look at Facebook and you judge them from a retail position. Both, all of their hardware leading up to the Oculus were failed products. So a lot of retails like the Portal device line and all these, uh, <laughs> Facebook Echo, there's a lot of devices that just retails don't trust. They were burned by um, that. Unfortunately, yep. the only way that you could ever see that is by Meta putting in the, you know, the, gun, the metaphorical gun to yeah. their head and say, hey, we're doing it. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if we see it anyway. But uh, I do think brick and mortar shops for electronics is difficult in the day of the in the age of the internet now. So um, let's move on to the next nifty thing related to PSVR two. Uh, there's a developer uh, goes by Ivory I V R Y uh, who created an interface for PSVR one, which we talked about on the podcast before when PSVR two was just launching. The PSVR one was allowed to use Steam VR through their uh, through their software. Um, and more recently, they've been testing and pushing PSVR 2 compatibility. Uh, they just recently broke through a barrier to get authentication done, um, which is a successful piece for them. There's more ahead, of course, in terms of changes and development work they need to do. Uh, I'll just read out a piece of this tweet. Uh, can pass auth- authentication on PC. This means the PSVR 2 thinks we are a PS5 and trusts us. We can now continue with the real work. Uh, so I just like to encourage people to check out uh, Ivory's VR Twitter account. Uh, there's a link there to PayPal. Uh, I just recommend to, you know, send the devs some money, support their initiatives. And hopefully uh, within a number of months, if not years, uh, we end up with a you know, functional PSVR 2 compatibility for, for PC VR. Because I'll tell you, uh, just like Adam in the horror spectrum, I'd love to try, you know, Cosmophobia, for example, in this Um or even Skyrim on that beautiful H, 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 uh, OLED HDR mm. panel. Is that you know? Phasmophobia yeah. and Cosmodread combined? Cosmophobia? 
Sorry, Cosmophobia <laughs> is the original name before um, Phasmophobia launched and they pivoted to Cosmodread. So Cosmodread was the title I was talking about. Ah, okay. Yeah. It also looked great. They came in and unfortunately got super popular all of a sudden. So White Door Games had to change their name, even though it had been announced at that point. Um, They were like, shit, it's going to look like we copied them. But we didn't. We were the originators. And so we had to change. That's like the developers behind FT, uh, um, not FTL, Faster Than Light, From Other Suns. They don't like me sharing this, but I say it anyway was originally called Fistful of Stars, which I think is an amazing name. And unfortunately, there was like a small sci-fi app that nobody's ever heard of that was released. And so Oculus at the time said, sorry, you can't call it that. You have to oh. change your name. So at the last minute, they changed their name to From Other Sons, um, which is a great game, but uh, also needs to come to <laughs> PSVR 2, uh, those lovely dark blacks. Um, are, there any, are there any games, titles, or applications that you lot would really want to see like PSVR 2 connected to PC VR. Is there anything that you really want to see if that combination starts working? What would be the first thing that you would plug in and test? Oh man. Um, how bright you can really push the the driver for the screens. I, I, I really want to, especially now that you, that we, that they, the authentication has been broken and you can really take that. I, I have a feeling that, that the, the displays can probably go even higher. It's going to look like crap, but I just want to see what, what you can do with it and also what exactly is the encryption that they broke is the question it was it was it a graphical rendering issue and they're just calling it security or was it an actual blockage of now allowing the signal to be decoded on a on a computer that's that's kind of where i'm at because a lot of people have been connecting psvr 2s and they have getting some feed um it's just a the computer or the yeah, G- yeah the gpu doesn't understand what it's doing so i i i don't i i don't want to say that i'm <laughs> i'm i'm i i i'm seeing this from uh i'm being skeptical about it. it it's more like are they actually just reverse or creating drivers for this to make it work or was there actual foul play on Sony's side that they were like, we don't want this to work at all. It's kind of where you, it's, it's similar with the DualShock controllers where, where they came out for the five. They had native con- uh, con- connectivity with the computers. It's just Windows didn't recognize it until they released official drivers. I, yeah, exactly. I'm, still, I'm still in that camp. I really- They've got to build it. I really think that there are unofficial drivers that are official just, internally for the psvr i agree with you i agree with you 100 i I bet you that exists somewhere on the planet and it's just not out yeah and i wish we could get it out yeah (laughs) because it would be to the benefit of all of us you know so or just to most of us i have to say jeff made a great mention in chat so on that panel microsoft flight simulator at night would be great that sounds that's actually a really good brightness control too that that they they have that now the Oh, I'm scared you just want to fry my eyeballs. So well, you keep bringing up brightness well, of that it, panel. It's, it's, it's already uh, wincingly strong. Oh, that's exactly like, why I want to like have it un- unhooked. I want to see like the, the the because it's all softer controlled. So I want to see what that headset can potentially do once all those restrictions are removed. Okay. Any more any more terrestrial suggestions there, Adam, from your side being a PSVR too? <laughs> I would just be happy because I'd have more. Uh, like you know recording and streaming options mm. and, but i could still enjoy you know the higher quality like the oleds of the playstation but still be not that you know capture card and even what's the built-in um recording options for the playstation are fine but then that opens up a whole new sandbox of just like okay now you've got 
you know, like stable, better stabilizing features or mm. like be able to read chat, but you can read it in your PlayStation now. Like it, it would just, it would open up so much that it'd be, that's, that's, I don't, so I don't know if I have a particular game, but just the potential applications. I think Half-Life that Alex alongside. is probably the game, right? Ooh, that, good uh, choice. That people would like to try with that uh, because it has a, a mixture of like, you know, lighting and darkness. Uh, so maybe that one. Speaking of uh, games that could really push the system at, at holiday season, that's one. If they hit, Christmas if they special. had Alex, yeah, <laughs> that's a Christmas special. <laughs> no, you're doing Half-Life it wrong. Alex. That's not how it works. <laughs> We're going to bastardize it so badly, it's going to be unrecognizable <laughs> by the time you get to the end of the show. Uh, that's it. That's it. Uh, that's really good. I, the other one I was thinking of was the eye tracking from the system. Again, if they can get it to work. <gasps> All the social apps, well, we right? Something like a VR chat or something like that, just to have the natural blinks and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, you know? Um, also, I would love to be, now this is probably impossible, but I'd love to be able to take that tech and pass it to the system in a way that would impact rendering and performance so that you have dynamic foveated mm. rendering yeah. in your titles. That would be just, okay, I'm really dreaming here, but that oh. would be incredible. System-wide, like eye tracking for fo- or, or system-wide foveated rendering that is completely like, independent of whatever you're running on the computer that yeah. oh man i, I want to talk about yeah. that so badly we, uh, we're really dreaming here okay uh, i'm yeah, gonna i'm gonna let's... keep pushing otherwise uh, are we past the first topic yet no we're not no. okay I'll keep going so the last one <laughs> the last thing in this uh playstation bucket right the ps5 uh video artist uh who helped launch the ps5 hardware if you remember all those lovely black and blue balls, um, the kind of like ebb and flow looked almost something very much like Returnal-esque. Uh, but when the PlayStation 5 first launched, there was this gorgeous animation uh, that came out there. And hopefully Rowdy will get to show that to you in a second as a refresher. Well, uh, that artist has now decided to launch his own, um, I'll call it very similar to Museum of Other Realities, like a like a, a virtual gallery um, called Modules. Um, there was a there was a gorgeous looking website. The artist in question here is Maxim Zetskov, and it covers architecture, sculpture, film, and music. I caught this on Road to VR this week, and I just thought, wow, this looks really fantastic. Now you can play this now. Um, so if you want to go and step into what will be an ever evolving gallery of this gentleman's artwork. Um, it's available on Steam and Oculus platforms, um, and so you can try it out today. But even if you just wanted to browse on the website, the website itself looks really awesome. It's all this kind of high-contrast artwork with um, geometric shapes, and that just looks cool. It's like one of those things you'd see in a music video or something like that. So something to check out. Um, I don't know, Rowdy, do you have the the actual – I didn't write it down. Do you have the actual uh, website you can call out? Uh, I think I think I have it up now, no? But just the the na- the URL in case people want to go there. For... Uh, it's modules.space. Just modules.space is the website address. Exactly. Awesome. Cool. All right. Yeah. So he's showing a little snippet of it there if that wets your whistle. Awesome. Um, speaking of fluid motion, um, talking about bodies of fluids, not bodily fluids. That's a whole <laughs> different podcast. Um, I got to meet Lee Vermeulen, who last year showed us at VRTO, a bunch of really cool tricks. Um, we were talking a lot about the transformation of AI in gaming and a whole bunch of different cool things. Now he's gone a different uh, a different route and has an awesome looking Tilt 5, an AR puzzle game uh, with liquid physics that I just had to show you. Um, now Lee wanted to, a better way to cool down his PC. 
so decided to make his own water cooling solution and well it looks pretty good pretty effective temperatures have dropped by nearly 35 degrees c i mean the pc won't turn on anymore but hey it's what you get when you're doing science um tilt five by the way um for me has been a relatively unconvincing business case so far i think the technology is really cool I was, in fact, watching Jerry Ellsworth last night and her team play this on Twitch. They've started doing Twitch streams in mixed reality format that are pretty fun to watch. So do check that out. It's just the Tilt 5 gameplay for me that feels a bit on the flat side. Like the engineering is totally solid and I think the solution is pretty neat. Um, but I really am waiting to see something that would entice me. And really Lee's project is probably the first thing that I've seen that looks really kind of like fun to play and fun to watch at the same time. So I'm hoping that there's some partnerships that Tilt 5 can bring in 2023 that would change my mind on that. You know, things like Demio or this project Lee's doing or like a Diablo style thing. If, if you could play Diablo 4 on Tilt 5 um, wow. with pop out like mm. AR on your table, feck, I'd play that, you know? So yeah, looking forward to it. What about, have you guys all tried Tilt 5 yet? Yeah, I, I love it. I, I, it's, you, you, perfectly explained it i love the technology i am wondering why the technology is not being pushed or or the form factor or the experience encapsulate like i i i i see them and i'm like i hope till five is talking to like milton bradley hasbro huh. people that are experts in board games and and, and i think that yeah. that's the problem with like I, I, the messaging of these technologies is that people kind of always go for, of course, it sounds like a cool idea, like the Diablo, but like, what about yeah. a augmented version of Monopoly or an augmented version of, of all these classic games? Like, I remember a game called Mousetrap. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. I love okay. Mousetrap. Yeah. Like, it never worked at the end. <laughs> it's augmented reality Mousetrap where you can see the, just the contraptions. And I always feel like, why are they not talking to actual board game makers instead of trying to talk to game developers it's get yeah. get the licensed ip mm -hmm. the other thing i think that would work really well for that platform but they just don't have the established base of software yet would be something akin to like your xbox or your playstation subscription where you have a bunch of different games so that the value proposition is this um, instead of collecting 30 board games if you're a board game connoisseur buy a tilt five four headsets done right like i i can now have access to all the virtual content that I need. Kind of like a Kindle. To my heart's heart content. Gaming. Kind of like a Kindle yeah. for gaming. That's a really good analogy, Adam. There's yeah, so many exactly amazing like card game, like uh, like card game software, like Magic the Gathering, Pokemon the Training Card Game. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's Pokemon all right Tilt there. Five. I, I always, Pokemon when Tilt I saw the five. Tilt 5 originally, what I envisioned was, I, I you know, that's my, my, I always love thinking about how business should, should, should act because that's, you know, my arrogance. But when I saw the Tilt 5, <laughs> I, I imagined them going after all the card shops, the D&D &D locations and, and just, yeah, the Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments and just telling them like, hey, here's a bunch of them, like, go at it. You know what I mean? And, and, and see what happens. But they're not. It, it, that sucks. Not yet. Yeah, not yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, I feel like they've got their legs under them with the product, with yes. a bit of a tune. The, the, the complaints I still hear are cables too short from the, the board to the headset or, or from the computer to the headset, right? Like, so that tether needs to be lengthened or yeah. uh, augmented in some Build way. It into the a board laptop. quality itself um but it, again this is first gen mm -hmm. so i'm not mm. concerned about it i'm glad that they have it it's out there really needs software really needs a single seller that would make me want to pick one up because right now i i don't yeah. I, I, i'm happy to pass on i have it, you know? buddies so. that spend you know I, I have 
buddies that are fortunate to be wealthy and they love the geek and nerdy stuff, right? Like I have one of my of one of my buddies has a 78 inch TV that he like modded into like a crazy table for Dungeons and Dragons. And Holy the, shit. yeah, it, that sounds it, and they cool. have overlays and they use a computer and I'm like and I see this stuff and I'm like, man, tilt five. Like like how do you not connect the dots? You guys got Catan for a reason. Like it's <laughs> all it's right there. Like make it happen. Build it into a computer, blow it up and Jose, yeah. Jose, you, you you see stuff on your road tour uh that us normal humans don't get to see. Yeah, <laughs> if you haven't yet Please start like an Instagram or something where we can sign up I and should. see these awesome pictures of stuff. Yeah. You really should, yeah. because these stories that you keep spinning up on the podcast are really <laughs> unique, valuable. Yeah. And it's a proposition that us geeks and nerds really want to, you know, us Gurks want to hook start, into, you know, like really like do. That, yeah, because it's yeah. you really should. You really should. Um We'll we'll have we'll have Jose's corner before long, and you can tell us about these things that you picked up on uh, before the lawyers come and you know stand behind oh, you and, and hush you at every moment that you want to say stuff. Um, so with that, that's a bit of the indie scene. Uh, segueing from that, we did see uh, some reports on Facebook and other platforms uh, that initially made me quite nervous. So I just want to talk about this a little bit. Um, and I don't remember if I shared Rowdy a link to this or not uh, with sadly it's Bradley. We'll see or not. Right. So, okay, cool. Uh, a VR friend of mine mentioned uh, that a meta developer unregistration notice was being posted and, and this was starting to crawl out on the internet. Um, and apparently if you didn't have any apps registered against your uh, developer account, they were going to give you the boot, right. And give you 30 days to associate an actual app you're developing with the account. Um, well, always on the prowl for suspicious meta activity and notably oversensitive to this at this point. Um, I initially viewed this as like a, what I'll call a side quest harpoon or a side quest torpedo where it's like, oh yeah, you were all talking sweet with them just like you did with Guy Godin. And then, um, now you're going to just take a chunk of their, uh, shake of the, of the, of the players who would have started a dev account, got on the side quest, have that as an open cornucopia to access content, then separately, App Lab launches and then hey, poof, they fire their missile, right? And and take out half of the half of the player base or whatever. That said, um, apparently, as reported by Sadly, it's Bradley, as I've not done this research, um, apparently this is only specific to Facebook dev accounts and isn't linked to MetaQuest. So again, if you saw that, I tend to trust in Sadly, it's Bradley, as he's he's brought us the, you know, all kinds of nice news in the past. So um my fear initially was that the dev auth would definitely wipe out a piece of side quest. Seems like not. That allays my fears initially, and so I just wanted to share that news with you. That said, I wouldn't put it out of uh, out of mind entirely because <laughs> Meta's not a nice player when it comes to business. So who knows? Maybe that's still a, a future for side quest. Hopefully, I didn't give them the idea. All right. So that's that one. Um, the other thing that we've got is just a little bit of an indie showcase, a couple of small things that I thought uh, this team would like and maybe the audience would like to see. Um, so first off is a freebie. I love showing freebies because for people who are strapped for cash but really like VR, it's nice to get something for free, right? And I'm a big fan of a game called Oceancraft, which is on Quest on App Lab, where you live on a raft and you have a small currency system and you're fishing junk out of the ocean and building the raft even larger. That's super fun. Um, but this is a game called memories from beyond the coral sea um, and it's available on steam so you can play it you know on a quest headset or an index or whatever and it's currently free it shows the showcase of uh, their trailer is climbing and crafting rafting 
and even psychedelics uh, for our deviants like Adam Bombati. Um, <laughs> Immediately, I knew it. <laughs> I, I, I had to, you know. I'm not opposed. So, I because Rowdy is a big fan of survival league games too. Oh, I thought um, you were going to say psychedelics. <laughs> <laughs> I think this whole team could, could be on psychedelics for the whole podcast, uh, given where we're going with the chat today. But like, I'm curious what you guys think about this. It looks it looks pretty cool. I haven't tried it yet myself, but um, it's like you're out in the open ocean. You know, I'm curious. Does it set your inner Wilson shouting for help, or like, does this bait you and you want to go see what this this title has in store? Yeah, for sure. Like for for me, like I I mean, just like you said, I love survival games. Um, I like the thing where you're like you know you you start with like a couple of tools and you need to craft things and you, you don't know how much the game has to offer so you need to like you know discover that as you go on um like i said like uh, i forgot the name of it that space game um which is star shelter star shelter that is it i still love that vr game i think it's one of the best ones out there um it's just amazing it's like uh, you know the crafting mechanics and the the idea of like a, a little bit of realism in there where you need to actually survive. Um, I think that's really cool in a game, especially in a VR game. I remember that game. I still don't think I put enough time into that. I need to go back. Some There's some formula. That's the problem. Like if you've been in VR long enough, there's like a beautiful formula you saw years ago and you're like, can you just remaster that? Can you bring it forward? Yeah. Update the controls. Like give it to me again, please. You know, run it again one more time. That's so, um, that's so interesting you said that. I have, the, uh, the uh, weirdly enough, the opposite feeling. I feel like that hasn't happened for me. Like the idea, like really? I, it's, it's even when it comes to scary games or even survival games, like I don't like the idea of doing human tasks in virtuals. <laughs> like I don't want to experience human life or human human but energies the, like uh, fear or... But at the same yeah. time, I think there's aspects that you like from it because there's like... Like sometimes there's still like a part of engineering or like, mm -hmm. you know, making yep. logical connections oh, or like building a system in order for you to like have water or like, you know, anything that I like, like that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think I think those are aspects that I really like. And I think that you would probably enjoy those as well, because you need to use your brain in order to come up yeah. with something that uh, I mean, of course, it's, it's gamified. So it's easier than I guess doing it in real life, making a water purifier system. But like at the same time, <laughs> it's like. It's fun to do it because you need to like, you know, you start from, you know, a stick and an axe and, uh, you know, all of a sudden you have, I don't know, a computer Laser ship. Shield, you know? yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, it's all about the, like the building and the crafting aspects cause, yeah. and then getting to see what you can get away with, with such few <laughs> materials or such limiting yeah, exactly. materials. And I don't know, I, I, even the, when survival games add exploring as an aspect too, then I like to be able to see okay, do I need to make multiple bases or do I need to figure out how to bring enough stuff with me to survive from yeah. you know base to wherever it is I'm going? There's just so many, it's very like, I guess for a solo game like this, it's almost just like a solo role play. You know, you can sort of yeah. do and make whatever yeah. you want out of it. Cause, I don't know, I love them too. Because <laughs> for me again, like, uh, for example, if like, I know like the, the common example is the forest. For me, it yeah. doesn't have to be with cannibals, you know, like just leave the cannibals out. I don't want to be scared shitless <laughs> at the night. <laughs> Like, <laughs> or like, I'm, I'm totally fine with yeah. just, yeah, I'm totally fine with just like, you know, I can die if I don't eat, you know, that's scary <laughs> enough for me, you know, like, that's, that's where I draw the line, you know, I don't need the cannibals, like, trying to hunt me down when I'm Dude, not. that's me in real life, like, that's my motto, well, like, I, I don't need the cannibals or sharks or whatever, just, just, 
Just I'll, yeah. I'll worry about getting fed. That's exactly you know? how I am. But I also, I guess that applies into virtual reality too. I guess I don't know. Like I don't. <laughs> I, I, I. It sucks for me because I hear people talking about like that connection with like the exploration or the fear, and I'm like, why don't you just go? And introduce that to your real life. Like, if you like that, it, it's so I weird for me. Like, I, 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 I guess. Yeah, you could die, <laughs> though. Weirdly you know, enough, maybe that will make me more connected. Maybe if you told me I could actually die in the headset, maybe that would connect me into, I don't know. We're going to ship you some live tarantulas <laughs> yes. and see how you get on, all right? That's all. Yeah, just bring you some bring you some gaming in real life Let's now. <laughs> oh, where did little Bessie, the, the tarantula, go? <laughs> oh, is she in the fridge? Who oh, knows? Boy. Yeah. Ah, uh, sounds good. Uh, well, anyway, so these these kinds of fun little uh, titles are, are are quite cute. Um, but like like that, right? That's not all. Uh, if you really want to take a trip, like a proper trip, a trip trip, uh, then you'll have to check out ayahuasca ayahuasca ceremony uh, in VR, which is coming in Shaman VR as part of DOVRs. That's enough VRs now. Uh, DOVRs <laughs> documentary film shot in the Amazonian jungle. Um, so if you few years ago, we got something on Steam, which was an ayahuasca experience. It was quite short, like 8, 12 minutes, something like that. It was quite good. Um, I remember seeing a lot of snakes and weird stuff going on. <laughs> it was scary um, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but I also but tried docu- it so yeah. Did you drive all high? I did. <laughs> nice. Not an ayahuasca, was that? just regular, you know, was, regular stuff. Was that? Wait, was wait, that? wait, 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 wait a moment here. You you said shot in the Amazonia jungle. Like, I've, I mean... Is this shot in the Amazonia joint? Do they have like a green box oh, and like, the, you know, lights <laughs> and like in the Amazonian the jungle? The- <laughs> I don't know about that. Like these pop-up setups are getting quite legitimate these days, Rowdy. Even in the Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Wow. No, but the thing the thing is I've I've heard before of a lot of reports, having not done that myself, I've done plenty of alcohol experiments, but like do they counter each other or do, do they work in harmony with each other? I'm curious on your, mm. your feedback. On I will that. say like, for action involving games in, or something scary, like things where I'm moving around more, it kind of cancels it out. Like it's very sobering, yeah. but for more experience, like something you're just sitting down in, then I would say it's really like, it's a bit, depending on what it is, it could be a bit much <laughs> like the ayahuasca yeah, was. Yeah. There, there were some parts that shouldn't have been scary. Like, I think if I had rewatched it again, normal me, I would have been like, why was this, like, focusing in on this raven in the eyeball really scary to me at the time? But, but yeah. I don't know. So, That's but yeah, but action games. Yeah. Action games are sobering. Like, I, I tried some before Phasmophobia because I the very first time because I wasn't sure I'd be able to make it through Phasmophobia in VR <laughs> the first time, so I needed help. And I think it did help. Um, It just kind of evened me out like i wasn't scared but i also didn't feel high at the same time so it was uh good and i also feel that like games that try to replicate the experience of being like on a psychedelic or or a hallucinogen always kind of misses the mark um it all depends on the person that's using the hallucinogen, mm. the psychedelic. As you can tell, I'm a very optimistic person. I don't see scary eyes if I'm, you know, having a psychedelic experience. It's it sucks because when you when you enter these, you're you know you're kind of expecting what you would experience, and then you kind of go like the the ayahuasca one. You, I remember a few years ago, it's terrifying. And I'm like, in the beginning. whoa, this is not a, <laughs> yeah. a psychedelic experience for me. I've I, I've tried psychedelics before, and I have positive you know overwhelmingly <laughs> emotional um experiences not yeah. dark scary snakes running around kind of thing so <laughs> it, it's really bizarre it makes you almost eyeballs want, trip is this tarantulas. <laughs> anything that meant that's meant to scare you more than likely scares me honestly 
Yeah. No, but that's that, that's really that's really interesting because these things are very personal and very custom. Like I remember doing um, the experimentation for me was uh, drunk driving essentially, like just trying to get totally lit up oh. on alcohol and then just try driving okay. just to just to experiment. I was always curious, having done loads of Euro truck and done um, a set of course at the time. I was like, does it really affect my driving? You know, like that. <laughs> And fucking, I, I murdered several families, like, so in Wait, VR. wait, but wait. What, was now, this in VR, or did you try no, this VR. before you <laughs> left <laughs> Europe? <laughs> well, you see, without a proper lab left. test, Rowdy, yeah, side-by-side comparisons. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, like, hmm, oh, wait a minute. The scientist, I knew the scientist in Rowdy would call me out. He's like, hang on a second, this isn't a proper experiment. We got to have a side-by-side. Um, yeah, no, thankfully only in, in VR. But it, it really turned me on to, like, Wow, even one drink, like you know, half a unit of alcohol, and I am dangerous driving. Like I, for me, because I'm a lightweight, I'm like a three beers guy. Maybe you're just a bad driver. <laughs> Maybe just a bad driver. Now that's that's the, that's that's the Need for Speed movie I want to see. Yeah. It's the guy who actually is the oh, opposite. Shit. He's a terrible driver in real life, and he thinks he's good in VR. And let's see what happens with that one. Oh man, that's the one I want to that- see. <laughs> Quick plug, I'm just running my uh, driving stream tomorrow. So there you go. Come come, come, rate us all. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so that's that's crazy. I thought that was interesting and I uh, thought it was right up our, our exploratory alley, right? So for that one. But if you're in more, more into like present day stuff, then perhaps this Octane Racer uh, in both uh, available in both third and first person uh, will float your boat or scoot your dude, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's called Neodori Infinity. It's a game that was originally flat. And although the logo itself is nigh indecipherable, this game is coming out soon on MetaQuest on the App Lab. Uh, it's a flat to VR conversion of an amped up arcade drive style experience. Reminds me of like old Sega cabinets and honestly just looks pretty rad. Even for someone who prefers more of a sim experience, this looks like it would be loads of fun. Again, I, I'm, I'm feeling like Crazy Taxi and that kind of stuff like coming out of my DNA. Uh, but you race across a colorful cast of rivals. Sorry, race against a colorful cast of rivals. And you get to unlock a bunch of different cars. It's set to an original electronic soundtrack. All in all, Neodori Infinity just sounds kind of great. So there you go. And there's almost there's almost no driving games on the quest. I mean, we got Grid, Grid Legends recently, which um, didn't look great. <laughs> didn't look great. Play, played all right, but looked pretty poor. So to have an arcade experience like that might be something that Questers will appreciate. Especially driving. Thing. Yeah. Something really high octane, like real real fast on those roads, along with a good beat. That could be a real good time. I hate the logo. Um, I hope they change it. Uh, it I hate the logo I, so I much. To, it's so to dumb. I like the logo. It, I, it took me like, I, I it, yeah, I to be fun, funny enough, I heard you say it out loud. And I was like, oh, I misread that 100% wrong. So it, it's, yeah, yeah, it's definitely, the logo is not readable, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I, there are some games that launch with terrible fonts, terrible logos that like I remember when Yuki launched, right? Fun game, great fun game. Couldn't read the title at all. Couldn't even tell what it said. You know, it, it's like you got to have a legible title that can be stylized. But I don't know. That's just my personal impression. You know, I'm not going into a restaurant. I can't read the name of. I'm just not. Um, finally, uh, sounds what might be missing out. Might be. Might be. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe that's where all the ayahuasca's hiding, right? In those uh, exactly. unnamed restaurants. Um, so finally, it sounds like uh, we're going to get 
Into the Radius 2, which has been announced. Uh, the developer has been teasing for a time, and now it's been formally announced. We don't know uh, when yet, but I thought I'd mention that here, as there are a lot of fans of Into the Radius 1, uh, which is a project that has evolved over a number of years. So look out for that at the edge of your uh, VR pipeline. Uh, with that said, this is a good segue. And before we head into mainline topics, let's give you our second sponsor. Uh, let them give a stab. So friends, are you feeling the cut of a murderous streak? Perhaps you've just watched one too many Netflix docu-series and you want to put those bloodthirsty killers techniques to the test. Well, Swordsman VR has all the tools your sin-filled heart can desire. And they've partnered with F-Reality today to tell you about a suite of new hazards for your victims. That's right. Sometimes you're dressed in your best and you can't get any blood on that sequin-covered dress. Uh, so two bows and a crossbow uh, to make ranged combat dreams come true have been added uh, just now, just recently, a couple of days. Swordman is an entirely physics-based, realistic combat experience. Uh, you get to stop the Jotun from seizing control. You get to take down armies of all types of combatants, knights, Vikings, Mongols, samurai, and pirates, all in realistic settings, eight exhilarating environments. Uh, in order to upgrade your craft, you get to visit the blacksmith, the armor, and the skill master to help extend those gameplay sessions. But really, if you just need to de-stress after a day of work and uh, put a blade through somebody, now you can. Swordsman <laughs> VR. There you go. And now it's on uh, it's on PSVR 2 as well. So that's cool. It's, it's on a bunch of different platforms. Uh, let me tell you that as well. It's got so MetaQuest, PlayStation VR 2. Um, it was on PSVR 1, and they gave it a free upgrade uh, when, when PSVR 2 came out, so good on them. And then also PCVR, both Steam and Viveport. Uh, it's 20 bucks. So there you go. That's about 15 quid for our UK listeners. Nice. Thank you very much to Sin Studio for sponsoring today's show. All right, into our first big topic. And this one features, like on the thumbnail, our good old buddy Boss or Andrew Bosworth, the meta CTO. He jumped on negative press uh, that was circling a few weeks ago, uh, as reported by TechCrunch, uh, to dispute the narrative that meta is moving away uh, its focus from the metaverse. And this led to some bite-back remarks, which um, our own man, Jose, uh, spiked us with, and we all had a good chuckle over. Um, I thought I would come share this with you. Um, it's just popcorn munching good. So... As a spot of history, before I get into this about Boz, I had my own little run-in with Boz during the Quest Pro launch due to the lack of any battery information about the controllers at the product launch, um, which was later corrected by Meta in, I think, less than a week. Uh, but So we personally know that, anyway, this guy can, can bite back. Um, firstly, though, however, Mark Zuckerberg had led uh, to his investors to say, a narrative has developed... I don't know who's propagated it per se, but a bunch of different news sites were, were covering this and I thought it was kind of bananas, but they were all going off. And um, this is the quote from Mark. So a narrative has developed that we're somehow moving away from focusing on the metaverse vision. So I just want to say up front, that's not accurate. Uh, Zuckerberg said, we've been focusing on AI and the metaverse and we will continue to. Then a gentleman on Twitter had jumped out and said his name was Wagner. James Au, uh, went what I think was overly analytical with a tweet to claim and say, CTO of Meta, boss, 
says I'm wrong to suspect Meta is moving away from the metaverse. Uh, while comparing 2023's stance against the Connect 2021 statement, which had mentioned the word metaverse 12 times. I think we all remember that one, because Good by God. the end of it, we, it felt like we were tattooed with the word. Um, <laughs> a, a, again, as, as Jose had advertised, Boz wrote back very simply and starkly to say, dude, just take the L. <laughs> Love that. Dude, just take the L. You don't have to read tea leaves here on word counts. We are just telling you the answer. I'm the guy who wrote the doc. I promise you, I know. So with that, I just wanted to applaud this kind of Frank barking back on Twitter. It's not just entertaining to see it, but when these guys have access to the public and they use it to help course correct what I'll call deviant hounding press, which we know Meta's got plenty of buzzards, you know, picking at their bones all the time, including us. Um, you know, I think this is a good one. Uh, I prefer this to a cold, responseless tower, which you get from a lot of big corporates. It's both exciting and it's human. So good on you, Boz, for, you know, taking the dude down a peg. It's funny. I have, I have the complete opposite uh, opinion on that. I, I just think <laughs> I, I don't like that kind of stuff. Typically, I, I think I think it's a bit uncalled for to just mm. take the L. Like, I mean, like Meta has switched and turned around with their kind of things so often that I don't think it's weird yeah. for people to question and to be suspicious of several things that have been going on. And I mean, yeah. Uh, I agree with you uh, in terms that nobody should ever come out. But the reality is that the, the way that audiences and fan bases interact with companies and especially in the gaming industry, the, so the, the pipeline of conversation is different. If you if people love always boasting of what they love about Carmack, the reason they love Carmack was because nobody clearly was putting a muzzle on him. He was going to say whatever mm. he wanted to say. Yeah. And that creates a authentic relationship from the fan base to the consumer with the company. When yeah. Carmack left and they went into the meta, the everybody started looking at Mark Zuckerberg as the voice for VR because he was the only Fair person point. there. Boz is now taking on that helm and he's also in a weird spot. And that's the reason why I highlighted it to the to, to the pod. It was that he is I, I have a I have a really strong feeling that Boz behind the scenes is the only person that has like a get out of jail card from Mark directly that says, fight whoever you need to fight, curse out whoever you need to curse out. Exactly. Make sure that the messaging is always defended because there are biases behind the scenes. There are companies. There are investors. Yeah. Most of them own interests that are competing against Meta's vision. So it's really tough to know who are the sleeper agents. So if you have the person just straight up coming out and say, yo, take the L. I wrote the article. It's, it is what I'm saying versus my, you know what I mean? It's, you need it, unfortunately. It's the only yeah. way you can control narrative now. It's to be, and there's. Yeah. I get that. But this I is get the thing. That, yeah. And we've, we, we've seen like this. this is, yeah, it sucks. No, I, so I'm, I'm with you. It's distasteful when it's coming from an executive for a large corporate, right? You, you wouldn't expect somebody like Tim Cook to come out and say, say that kind of phrase, right? Publicly, it would be all over the place. But I'm, I agree with the jockeying that Jose is talking about here. I think also Meta need it because they're getting punched up a lot. They have been for years, right? Initially, when Oculus launched, they had they had Palmer Lucky. And Palmer was that friendly face 
to the masses who could interact with, answer Q&As and all that. To some extent, Carmack was filling that bubble for a time. Um, but there was also, if you remember, I don't remember the years, maybe it was 2018, 2019, Meta went almost silent. Like they did not have a PR, a spokesperson. Then they started to come in and fill in with a few people. Um, and I feel like that has that has weakened to some extent. And yeah, we're seeing Boz kind of step forward. And I do feel it feels a little bit unnatural for him. He doesn't, he's not usually that colorful, but he's gotten rattled or something along the way. Like the way he came out to me, the way he's come out to this fella. I would prefer that yeah. than silence personally. But I do think, I don't know. I I, I, I like what Jose's saying, yeah. right? Like I do feel like he's got a free pass that the PR oh, card has been, is not holding him back. He's not changed. His Twitter replies, he definitely awesome. has a license to kill. And, and, and that's the problem. It's that weirdly yeah. enough, if you, it, it's only in the gaming industry because it, when you mentioned Apple, Apple, there's a reason why Apple is not feverishly in the gaming industry for a reason. That, that, that there is a expectation of behavior with, with how gaming and, and how you interact with influencers. Palmer Lucky did it really well. Palmer Lucky even... Yeah. Actually, now he's even doing it better in the private industry because I, I go to private industry events in the XR space. This guy, I wear a sports coat and all that. He walks out in a button-up shirt and shorts to these high-level you know, private industry events, and you're like, whoa, this guy's creating a narrative that makes sense. He's, Boz is doing that for the VR industry. He's fighting yeah. people back. I don't know. It's, it's weird to say because, like, I, I don't want to, I weirdly enough understand what boss is going through because especially when you run a company and you want, the executive must be an influencer, the the leader of the company. I feel passion though. Yeah. Like that's the thing out of it. I do. And that's what I yes. like. I like the enthusiast slash passion slash product drive of we created something. We're going to try to set the record straight. Do I trust Meta? I still don't trust yeah. Meta. I just don't because they've, there's been too many things that, uh, have been misrepresented or not. The facts have come out after the fact. I It's still oily. It's still a slippery eel to me. And I do think that news newscasters, presenters, journalists do still need to have their eyes absolutely focused in on and squared on this company. But I like when they do get to talk back. Adam, what's your take on all of this? I mean, how, how do you how do you sit? I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> I can just feel Boz's frustration in that tweet when someone's trying to tell you what you wrote and it's like, no, I mean, you, he kind of, because doing a lot of uh, the marketing and social media stuff for other accounts, there are so many times where I really wish I could say what I want to say. So he's so lucky that he can. But again, I, I, you know, I kind of agree with Rowdy in that it was, I think it still could have been worded better. Like maybe just delete, take the L. The rest would have been okay. Yeah. The rest would have come I, off I, as frustrated guy telling idiot yeah. media that's making up stuff you know you know i mean i, I don't want to i don't want to sound again like you know pulling that all up but it seems like again a difference between how a european company would go about this mm. and how an american mm. company would go about this i'm not saying all american companies are like that but i do feel like that kind of like dramatization that you have on twitter is far heavier on the American side than I see yep. it typically on the European side. And me coming from a European background, when I see that, I still go a little bit like, oh, uh, okay, like, uh, what is going yep. on here? Like, I, I, it's a little bit of a, I don't know, a disconnect in cultures then, I think. Um, it's like it, the equivalent, I would say, coming from American side, I remember watching Irish TV and being like, oh, God, that's a pair of tits, right? Like, it's like, <laughs> like, like bare breasts. Yeah. 
That's what it's like. You're like smacked in the face with it, and you're like, oh shit. Right? Like, well, things are different here. And he might have a card. <laughs> like, he's got a pass from Meta, but he's still, you know, he's still, people know he is from Meta. So people, he's representing the company. So if this yeah. distastefulness is still going to rub off, you know, from him about Meta to other people. Yeah. So it's also, you know, something to consider. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. And also, I, I, it's weird. It's weird because you don't see it from Mark because Mark is obviously playing to, he must have the amount of lawyers and, and PR people he must have like <laughs> censoring his every yeah, word. That's, that's exactly um, it. That is, that it. There. But I feel, I feel like this is actually, and this is my guess based on what Jose is saying in the mix of conversation today. I kind of feel like he's Mark's spokesperson. Yes. He's like, you're my dog. Yes. The Go say and this. bark. Yes. Yeah. He's the bulldog. You he's the bulldog to, with the spiky collar. To, right. it, 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 there, there are, there. We Photoshop that into the thumbnail, yeah. just the spiky collar around. The <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> There's also the 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 elephant in the room is can they afford not fighting back right Apple you said they have a lot of legal teams that are they're watching every move but unlike Apple the there's a lot of big grudge in investors at Meta Um, but for good reason as well like let's let's not you know go around that there's a good reason why there's a lot of mistrust in a company like Meta and then. Yeah. I think that this kind of response is just like it, it. For me, at least, it doesn't, you know, help rebuild that trust. That trust that you does should have with a company yeah. of that size. I think I think um, I think it does do the opposite, but in a favorable way. <laughs> because now people, when when people are going to go in a disparaging way against Meta, they're going to cross their dots and T's. If there is a direct quote from Boss saying, "Hey, we're not moving away from it," people are not going to second guess it, and that's mm-hmm. that's where the take the L comes from. He was purposely tastefully disrespectful and if you look at Boz's responses he is being strategically disrespectful and every single person including Wagner like James if you look at the people he was responding to all the way down to Bradley they're specific people and these are people that are probably on the list that Boz himself emotionally feels like they're hurting the industry because when you look at it 100% cherry picking like this is all at this point in time but we all know that Meta changes this course every so often. Yeah. So yep. saying now to a person, I'll take the L and then maybe five years down the line, you know, they're going a different course or, or two years down the line, they go a different course and they tried something exactly. else. Then those people yeah. are going to bite back. They're going to say, why did you tell me to take the L when eventually you're actually turning around and doing this and that? I'm not saying for this particular case, but <laughs> there, there's going to yeah. be statements that Meta makes yep. now or that Boss yeah. makes now that will not hold up in the future. And yeah. by giving that kind of passive aggressive kind of response, you're gonna trigger other people who like that kind of stuff as well to also be passive aggressive. And I don't think that's the kind of environment that. that you want to create. But they well, want that, that's again, what I'm trying to say. They want that, they want that negative energy. That uh, negative energy sells. Console wars, that the energy, the I, that fever I would sells. Be very, no, it no, sells. I would be very surprised if attracting that noise would be beneficial to them in an already upset uh, you know, shareholder market. I, I I don't agree with that point, but I love this conversation. Yeah. I think that's a really good conversation. Um, Oof, and- I'll tell you this, like, 
It's very interesting, yeah, though. And the but conversation, I do, yeah. the, 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 the things is... executives say behind the scenes, like, like if anybody's going to be at AWE, like, it's so fun to just, like, talk to everybody and, and you start <laughs> asking for opinions because it, it – there is a – and that's that's the, the point I was trying to make. You said that yourself, content creators and, and these news, that's where investors get their information from. And that's why a lot of investors, especially in the VR space, follow Bradley, right? So – or James, right? So when they see these comments, they have yep. to viscerally respond to shut it down immediately. So any potential investor reads that and they go like, oh, okay, that's what's happening. The problem is, the, the problem that I see that I think Rowdy's hit the nail on the head is when you engage in that kind of discourse, you open for a riot, not just now, but for a good amount of time into the future. Like you're basically yeah. saying open for warfare yeah. and people will come at you harder. And, and, and that's what I mean with like, regularly. like, and I saw that Chris brought that up as well. Chris Richardson said, Boz is also the guy who took the lumps for killing Echo Arena, which upset the community as well. And then if you, if you upset these kind of communities, I think that when you, when you start responding to people in this kind of way, I will think that those people will, you know, go harder at you as well. Instead yeah. of because that was That's a very sorry statement. He's a powerful yeah, meat I, shield, man. He no because guilt. we're talking about we're talking powerful about Boz. We're, we're talking about Boz the entire time, not Meta, <sighs> not Mark, not Facebook, not Oculus. It, 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 That's connected, though. Yeah, it is all connected. But Boz is purposely making himself the, the Steve Jobs guy. to Apple. You want to hate him. You want you want to you want to signal all the hatred towards him, mm. just like Carmack had all the love, but Carmack's gone. So they're they're. There is value in visceral reactions. And by I agree attacking with the energy part. one I person, it, it, remember, it's just Boz. It's just one person. He's If you want to go after Boz, you can go after Boz, but you can't say this applies to all of meta. And that's where Boz is defended. Boz can say, oh, this is not meta's you know, vision. I, I, think, I, think exactly. I think, again, that's the difference that I have. When I, when I see someone <laughs> respond like that, for me, that is more like a company response because I automatically assume... You know, this has been vetted by the company. This has been approved. And even oh, though you put agree, like on yeah. those Twitter things, like, oh, opinions on my own. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that. Edit quickly, edit that in right, right after you put a dicey <laughs> tweet. But I, the thing is when, and, and we'll get off this topic now, but like when someone in a heavyweight position starts pulling up, I'll call them the weeds, right? And puts them in the in the spotlight. Like that's an uncomfortable position normally for that person who it's happening to. And it's a little bit of like, hey, this is going to happen if you do that again. Or it's a little bit of a warning signal across the bow. And at the same time, it's a little bit of shoring up a position, which again could have otherwise been a silent position to be taken at a company level. So we'll leave it at that. But there's another tweet I want to talk about because we're not done with Twitter. Um, ex CTO John Carmack took to Twitter again on April 27th. I don't know why that day was so special, but it was a very special day for this podcast to give props to Dr. Beef about his Quake 3 mod and even asked for a partnership between id Software and Meta uh, to bring Quake 3 Arena to the official Quest store. As someone who got into PC gaming and FPS gaming through the Quake series, um, this just jumped off of my Twitter feed to me and I was like, oh yes, please. First off, we've got John Carmack talking more about VR stuff. I love when he talks VR at all, whatever, about his personal time. Secondly, he's one-upping, you know, Dr. Beef. He's lifting him up and he's saying, hey, this modding community is a good thing. And even though talking a little bit about the sim sickness side of it, 
he's like, we should still consider this. He's basically giving advice, kind of free advice to Meta to say, guys, get something like this on the Quest store. I mean, th just think about the partnership of like a Quest 3, you know, launching with with uh, with with uh, with Quake 3, you know, on it and multiplayer available or whatever. How cool would that be? So um, Meta or uh, Rowdy, would you <laughs> Meta? Jesus, that's a bad slip. Sorry, Freudian slip there. Rowdy, would you mind um, just reading out John's tweets for us? Sure. From the beginning? Yeah, if you don't mind. All right. So last night I downloaded Quake 3 Arena on Steam. I look. Oh, I always look back at it as my favorite uh, ID game. Uh, but it has had been many years since I had actually played it. Uh, there are a few polished things that I would nitpick today. But it was like dropping a quarter in a classic arcade game. Um, I played through the first couple tiers against bots with a smile on my face. Yeah, I'm still proud of this game. It is laudable that the PC ecosystem lets you easily go play a game from 1999 and everything just works. Then I went and got the Dr. B VR Quake 3 port from SideQuest. A few more polish issues with the process, but the gameplay is great. On the second demo level, after working over a crowd of bots with the rocket launcher, I literally trolled <laughs> with delight. I had some VR discomfort after a couple rounds, but the experience was memorable. I really wish its Software would support an official version in the Quest Store. I would be willing to pay a reasonable license fee up front to make it happen if there is interest. So that that just filled me with childhood glee, uh, to be honest. it was That's a candy store for me. You know, having anyone talk about old school FPS games that I loved. Um, and it's great to see Carmack kind of keep echoing. <laughs> almost as if he was still ghosting yeah. in his old role, right? Like, I, I love seeing that. Uh, and on, on occasion, we see that from Palmer even, right? Making comments about the direction that Meta's heading. Uh, but we are seeing, we've seen this through Jose's releases actually quite a bit, is Meta seems to be reducing the onboarding process for indie devs that they think are a winner and bringing them on more, maybe to help them with their content pipeline Um as we, as we head towards the launch of Quest 3 later this year. So really looking forward to that. And I do hope Meta continue that because I think Indie is where it's at when it comes to saving the game for Quest uh, and standalone VR. Is Dr. Beef's um, mod for that game, is that the, is that, that's a fairly old mod, correct? It's not new. Couple years? Couple years, yeah, right? Yeah, it's not brand it's new. One of the, yeah, yeah, a year and a half, Yeah, I think. at least. Because I, I, I do remember that being one of the bigger first mods that people were kind of like, oh, man, this actually, this before the injectors for the, the 2D. It was Doom. Yeah, it was Doom 3, I think, was the Hallmark one. Yes. Which was the, the kind of opening. Yes. And then I think it was a year after that or so that the Quake 3 mod yeah. dropped. And, and, yeah, and that's that's the, the exciting part because I think it was Dr. Beef or that did that, that, that one also. And it's it almost goes full circle because I bet even Carmack probably was thinking about that. He was like, man, like all these indie devs and, and success stories are getting all the attention. What about the ones that started it all? So seeing that go full circle, <laughs> it, 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 just the things I think about Carmack is such a smart man. And he Carmack does like, you know, Carmack doesn't really even think about ID software, I bet. He knew what he was doing by tagging the right companies. He signal boosted this that I bet Dr. Beef was what, like, Yes, like that's such a it, it's an <laughs> SEO yeah. power play. So like it now I bet that game's being made. Like there's conversations happening. It's super cool. Yeah, I'd I'd like it. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see it. Um but anyway, Carmack continues to save us. Good old good old JC. Um But while Meta's got hundreds of staff, uh we've still got Gigodin. Gigodin? 
Go Dan. Rowdies. Fine. Go Dan. Uh, a virtual desktop still shipping value to us on a regular basis. This week, he showed off the Snapdragon Game Super Resolution, or SGSR. That's Snapdragon Game Super Resolution, and how this can sharpen the image from PC VR while using virtual desktop. The way that Jose is nodding his head, I feel like this was a, a little uh, present yeah. to Jose this week yeah. as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, do you guys in your setups use VD? Do you use virtual desktop as well? I do. Like, definitely. I, I haven't tried this yet, though. It's not, is it out yet or uh, it's, coming soon uh, in an update? Uh, I, this was another April 27th announcement. Um, Rowdy might have the tweet there. Does it say it's out? Today I think it's we out. are releasing. So uh, I assume yes. that, that it's uh, the case. Uh, yeah, and in some of the subtweets, he he answered um, what? So it's it's a Qualcomm X XR2 headset uh, special feature. Um, so this will not work on Quest One. Uh, it does work on Quest Two, Quest Pro, Pico Neo Three, Pico Four, and when they launch, Focus Three and XR Elite will also be compatible with it. So I mean, just think about the testing there that was required. Um, but that's another thing. And if you've seen the Virtual desktop side by side, showing I think it was bilinear sampling and uh, this new SGSR. It's very it's very sharpened up. It's it's nice. It's nice looking sharp. So um, thank you, Guy, for continuing to bring us value on the headset. Doesn't get talked about. Doesn't see a show a pipeline. Just when it's ready for the limelight, bam! It hits us on Twitter. Keep doing that. Yeah. It's a great way to. <laughs> Great way to share all your news. Roads, so we'll continue to signal boost. All roads lead to PC VR. That's that. That's the the the. I, I tried it on the on the, and that's the reason I had the Quest Pro with me. Um, hmm. it, it's we are starting to see the the beginnings of maturing of the platform. And we spoke about this very early on the on on the on the podcast episodes where we were talking about how content creators are kind of the last ones that are going to benefit from the quest platform and we're going to start seeing that now these tools are what yeah. they what right now they're being used to optimize graphical fidelity for streaming but they're also going to be doing decoding for capturing on headset and you're going to start that's it's essentially a capture card and you're going to start seeing software optimizations you're going to start seeing recording sharpening and all of these really cool post process processing and uh, rendering styles coming into the headsets and you're going to just see this explosion on content creation all the way down to the two, because the hardware's not even tapped in fully yet. There's a bunch of features that haven't been turned on on the Snapdragon ecosystem yet. Yeah, can't wait, mm -hmm. can't wait. It's just it's just good stuff for oh. streamers like Adam and me, <laughs> for, for sure. Um, let's talk a little bit about what's coming from Meta, right, in the Meta Gaming Showcase. So a couple podcasts back, we spoke about Apple's forthcoming showcase in early June, when we think maybe, maybe, We'll get to see their AR VR headset. Uh, well, clearly Meta want to take a snack sized bite out of that, steal their thunder a little bit and give us what they think is going to appetize us about Quest 3 and or the upcoming Meta pipeline. Uh, teased in the trailer, uh, we saw a horned helm, clearly the dome from some, I don't know, adult cosplay, uh, but perhaps also indicating a port or a standalone Quest title stemming from their previous hit. Uh, Asgard's Wrath, which was from Sansaru Games. And just so you know the Pac-Man past, Sansaru Games was picked up by Oculus, now Meta, back in 2020. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Um, previous titles from that company were Rip Coil, which you probably won't remember, VR Sports Challenge, and Marvel Powers United. 
uh, which actually shipped with a, with some boxes. Um, Asgard's Wrath actually came on the scene and, frankly speaking, surprised us quite a bit. The quality level was astounding, even if the gameplay dried out after a few hours and, to me personally, felt like wing-clipped, stale Skyrim. The, the combat uh, was fantastic, like battling an arena a combatant was really great. Um, the last time that we saw... Uh, a feature in 2022 from Meta Quest uh, was, or from Meta, about the Quest. Uh, Ruth Bram, who's the executive producer at Meta, uh, she had showed us before and is now back again. So we'll be glad to see her, uh, her fancy kicks, and perhaps to hear about an update on Endreams's Ghostbuster fantasy game, The Rise of the Ghost Lord, uh, due out in 2023. So it's a four-player co-op, kind of Left 4 Dead-style game that's coming. Quite cartoony, kind of in its graphics and its presentation. But we've only seen, we had a teaser back at the previous uh, event, and then we've seen a trailer since then, which showed some gameplay. Um, so I think we're going to see an update to that is one of my speculations. But... What else, you know, and what do you think about this uh, this teaser that we got in the in the showcase? That horned helm and Asgard's wrath. Uh, even I'm even dreaming of them bringing, you know, I'll tell you what I'm dreaming about. I'm dreaming about my two favorite evil corporations, Meta and Bethesda, striking a deal and bringing Skyrim to Quest Three. That that's my dream. But how real that is, who knows? Because <laughs> um, they seem to be there. in bed with Sony the last time. I don't think you know? that's but unrealistic at all. I, I, they I, love it on toasters, right? I, so. I, I, I actually think that's that's more likely to be the case than Asgard's Wrath for me personally, uh, because really, I, I, yeah, I do, I do think that. Uh, not, I, I mean, I don't know, of course, like I have no idea, but <laughs> it, it does seem to me like Meta needs a killer title to come to the quest to compete they with. Do what PSVR is doing. Um, and I think if they can... Conv I mean, and Skyrim has been a huge success on uh, on any VR platform. Uh, so I, I I do think that, um, you know, with... with I, I mean, of course, this is not something we're going to see in the next coming years. Uh, like Grand Theft Auto, think that they're <laughs> for example. Yeah, I, I, I think world. they're going to announce a collaboration with Bethesda for the next Elder Scrolls. For the next, oh, Jesus Christ, Rowdy, what are you doing? Oh, what man, are you doing? Yeah, that, what, what are you doing? Yeah, that, so you're that, saying Elder Scrolls Six would, if they came like they did when they announced the Quest Pro, and they got on stage and they had the CEO of Microsoft, Satya or whatever his name is, uh, you know, and they they talked about the partnership with Microsoft, like that was a big moment that a lot of people kind of just didn't feel the weight of it, I guess. Uh, but we certainly did. I know Jose, you felt that as yeah. well. And it's like. If they, if what you just painted to me is basically that for gaming. Like if they were to do that and again with Rockstar or Bethesda, not, not even just porting, right? Like forget the porting stuff, standard stock IP, new title, VR version of it only on meta. Holy cow. No, no, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that the, the, the Elder Scrolls is only coming to VR. I'm not saying that. No, no, I know you're not saying that. Yeah. I know but the VR version I I, I yeah. understood would be a partnership, probably a that limited on, release. On launch day, that uh, yep. it would support VR. I think I, see I, that. I agree 20, with that. 28 or yes. whatever list, you yes. know. I <laughs> like, agree with that. I I agree with Chris Richardson in chat, though. Like, I'm tired of the, you know, the Grand Theft Autos, Assassin's Creed. What was the one that got canceled? Um, yeah, but Cell, I mean, that's what they've like, been. I'm, I, I, again, I'm not saying it's going to happen, 
but they, they have a reputation of, of of doing it every year. They announce a GTA. Oh, they announce <laughs> no, Assassin's Creed. Not gonna and now it's going to be. I mean, <laughs> if you ask me, I think it would make sense considering you know the, what about the, the campaign that Elder Scrolls uh, that, that Bethesda has been doing in regard to Starfield? the new Elder Scrolls title. <laughs> What about Starfield? Because yeah. that's actually coming out this year. Starfield. If they're going to announce something, but the helmet in the close field. Starfield running on a Quest Two will probably have like four frames per second. <laughs> Not on a Quest Two. Quest Three, three and forward. Oh man, it's Quest Three and forward. I, I think a lot of people are overestimating what the Quest Three can do. The Quest Two. <laughs> the Quest. The Quest it's still Three. Still mobile chipset. Yeah, the Quest Three is going to do what the Quest Pro does, but with all the bells and whistles that. They have, but Stripped turned away. on at all times. So you're going to see foveated rendering, eye tracking, hand tracking, everything running in consistency. Um, in terms of a, I, I do agree, though. Very good point. It's the problem right now, and that's the reason why all these games get announced and not announced, is a reality of engineering. There, And this is, I don't, I don't mean this disrespectfully to all the developers out there, but all the developers right now, all the all the graduates of the when it comes to developing are being graduated from two schools or two universities of programming, Oculus or, or, or XR for Steam. And the reality of that is everybody's using the same templates, the same en- engineering design style. That's why all the games feel the same hacky mechanics. That those mechanics cannot make a full-fledged triple-a game that, that's but like let's look yeah. at let's let's look at what's been successful for them take like resident evil right relaunching on their platform very successful mm-hmm. for them i mean I know, they, I know they put tons of money into advertising that thing globally but i feel like that was a test of the water in terms of what would make them money like what what will give us return on investment if we go into big ip what will sell headsets because things like asgard's wrath before which were in part funded uh, by Meta or Oculus back in the day, Facebook. Sorry, Oculus by Facebook. Anyway, fucking nightmare. Um, I feel like a lot of those big projects fell flat from a return on investment side. Um, take one of my favorites, like Medal of Honor, for example. Uh, take uh, there, there's a bunch of them, but yeah, the Sansaru Games one was one. Will like them reusing an old code base and porting, I think is way more likely in 2023 where we are financially in in the world today than anything else. That's why I was suggesting that maybe Bethesda and Meta could partner and bring Skyrim to the headset because it could run. Mm -hmm. It's a 10 year old game at this point. Um, Are there other games that you could foresee? And I'm actually going to ask you each to make a prediction just to pin you on the wall because it's fun to do this. But like Meta Gaming Showcase is coming in early June. Name one thing they're going to announce, and I want you to be right about it. So pressure. I mean, I, I'm still gonna I'm gonna stick with it. Like I think that they're going to because they announced things that are coming far in the future. Not I okay. mean they, they announced what they announced Assassin's Creed and Splinter Cell. How many years ago now? <laughs> it's been it's, it's been a while, you know. And All canceled, I think. No, Assassin's yeah. Creed is still going on. I think. Yeah. I think it's only Splinter Cell. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they haven't officially canceled it. You know. I'll so gamble. I, I'll I gamble. am thinking, um, and and just to come back at your point, the reasons why a lot of these cancels, except from uh, Medal of Honor, were because they were original IPs. You know, we, we're thinking about Asgard's Wrath here. We're thinking about yep. was it Stormland. Stormlands or Stormlands? Stormland. Yeah, Stormland. 
uh, and I still thought they were great games, but they didn't have, you know, the backbone to really bring that to. Same with Medal of Honor. It was actually, it yep. was a VR game. It didn't have the backbone. But I'm thinking if they would release Elder Scrolls, which is going to be a PC game, which is going to be on all the consoles, but like from the, from the, from the get-go, go in partnership with Meta to develop tools, to develop uh, together with the headsets, to, to, get, like, to get that out... I'm thinking that's that's a, a, a reasonable kind of expectations to come in 2029. So you're saying you know? Elder, so your guess, your specific guess is Elder Scrolls Six announced with VR support at Meta's Connect or Meta's well, upcoming. They're not going to show conference. a trailer of, of of course, but I do think I do They'll think we're going to hear that something happening. that they're going in a partnership with Bethesda to uh, wow do something with that. All right, that's, I did not expect that. That's pivot. my hope and my guess. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, who's next? Can I go Adam? I I think you'd not say more realistically because that sounds insulting to Rowdy. Let me just get this insult in here first. Just just shaft him first. I, oh, and then it's like my, it's like what those English people do. It's like I mean, not to insult you, but like, you know, yeah. like my, yeah, my yeah. bet would still be that it would be uh, Asgard's Wrath that they're teasing. As much as I would love to have, I think. There could be hmm. a Bethesda, you know, partnership in the future. I don't know if this is going to be it. And I also worry it'd be kind oh. of like, uh, because it'd be open worldy. It might be like Green Hell on the Quest versus Green Hell on Steam, where you know Green Hell on Steam is you got you actually have a true open world. And on Quest, it's kind of like tunnel, not tunnels, but like Tun- oh god, I don't know how to describe it. But it's not like you no can tunnels go is fine. You just, yeah, just, yeah, tunnels is fine. Linear. linear, linear. There we go. That's what I'm looking for. I don't know if I would want that on a quest on v- like for Steam well, VR maybe because I feel like then you could truly do open world a little. Did better. you did you did you play Asgard's Wrath? Because you were a uh, no because I had the Vive. No, I right? didn't have a Rift. It is linear. It is a linear title. Um, well, I'm fine with is that. Very but linear. Like, but if we're talking yeah. about like a Elder Scrolls, if they can get. If they can get, it, yeah, it's, it's not open world like Elder Scrolls at all. It looks like it, but it, it's not. Um, so if they could bring. Asgard's Wrath in that original package, somehow downscale it so it looks great. Take Red Matter 2, for example, give it that level wait, wait. of visuals Ooh. on Quest 2 or Quest 3. What I have is a better that? Prediction it that's just gonna, go on. I have a better prediction that's going to bum please. out everyone. It's just going to be because they, you know, they're not really supporting uh, PC to be right Oculus now. anymore. It's just going to move Asgard's Wrath over to a Quest version. Yay! But it's going to be dumbed down. It would be down. boring as hell. It would, but then I think I, they might I, I do that. I can also do a dumbed-down version of my right. uh, of my original prediction. Is uh, they're gonna announce that you can now wear helmets in the metaverse? <laughs> oh, <fuck this> <laughs> oh, I like I mean, that. that might be yeah, I mean, you can buy them too. That, that was actually going to be mine. What, what, what are the chances that you're going to be able to purchase for your avatar that helm, that helmet that's in their little teaser a month? Oh yeah. You know, from the date they're going to fucking oh, yeah. sell that thing. I, <laughs> I bet you, but. Okay, so Rowdy, you're saying Elder Scrolls I'm aiming, Six. I'm aiming big. Crazy. You're very big. Yeah, go big or go home. Yeah. Adam's got straight Asgard's Wrath port. Yeah, that will fail. Yeah, I'm gonna go the dumb. I'm gonna go the very disappointed one. I'm gonna go disappointing. They're gonna say, "Hey, look, because we're not supporting this on you know PC anymore, we're gonna move it to Quest." Yeah. Yay! But like, just the reasoning, like it failed on PC, therefore we're now gonna do it on Quest again. Yeah, the game like, didn't yeah. fail. They're they're. Plat- their 
I want to call it platform, but the PC support failed. I don't think the game did, but they want to yeah. make sure that they can uh, move the game over to a platform that's still living so that they can in the future also make yes. potentially make sequels for that if they want so to. I I think that's the most realistic yeah. so far. I think that's going to happen, honestly. And just for those wondering, well, why wouldn't they move Stormland? Uh, because of the Sony acquisition. So that they can't, they don't have, they, they don't have the capability for that anymore. That's so sad that uh, Stormland basically got cut in half right at the end of its life. And that was that. That's all we're going to see from it, I think now. Um, Jose, what about you? What's your, uh, realistic what's your meta announcement. Um, I think we're not going to get anything new. Um, in fact, <laughs> it, 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 it sucks oh, to say that, but it's going to be a good thing in, in, in the grand scheme of things. I think what we're going to see is partnership announcements. Like we saw with Microsoft, we're going to see maybe a Unreal hmm. um, Engine, uh, Unity, like all of these game hmm. development platforms. And they're going to say, hey, we're, we're porting officially Unreal onto the quest platform all the hooks we you know we they kind of released the, the the tools for the quest 2 but they're kind of like halfway baked in because the, the the quest 2 can't handle it but i think the 3 is going to be the first vr headset that probably is going to have the technical architecture ready to go and you're going to see development and mm -hmm. we're going to probably see a lot of old unreal games really coming into the quest we're going to probably see maybe like borderlands and all these shooter games that just translate really well into a quest 2 that can handle it we're going to start seeing maybe like a rendering engine i i, I think this year for vr is going to be all about maturing um so you're yeah. just to put that just to summarize that up so there, there's no specific title you think no. that it's just going to be partnerships partnerships i think we're going to see a lot i think the quest the 2 yep. might actually <laughs> bring out a, a library that might actually knock our socks off that if we were very excited about the psvr2 lineup I think the Quest 3 lineup is going to be probably one of the best VR lineups we've ever seen, but it's because 90% yep. of it is going to be a bunch of VR games that I think Unreal is going to press a button and just port them over to VR within within seconds. Mm. I My guess is going to be, and this isn't related to the tease, because I do think Adam's spot on. I think there is support coming for Asgard's Wrath. I think the big, I'll call it, uh, announcement at the end of the event is probably going to be Behemoth. Mm. Uh, Ooh, from yeah. Skydance, well, I think it, I think they want to associate themselves with that. We'll see two words uh, this time. with the strength of it. Well, what? We'll see two, we'll see words, two words in the trailer this time instead of just one word. Coming soon. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I do wonder if it's too soon for gameplay. Uh, but that's that's the one for me that I think would get me excited at the end of the showcase, like you know, like they did for Ghostbusters last time. Uh, which didn't get me too excited, but it was it was there, you know. Um, so curious about that, and I do think we're going to see Ghostbusters again in its current status. Wait, I the, also the, think we're going to see. Does Microsoft still own Bethesda? Yeah. Yes. Okay, that that oh, might shit. be a problem for my prediction. <laughs> <laughs> what? How so? Why? Microsoft. No, and that's VR? a good thing. No, no, no. Yeah, Microsoft. Remember the Quest Pro point, right? They got together for Microsoft Office packages right, and right. Azure and, and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So if they're getting closer, actually, it supports your theory, Rowdy. It doesn't dismantle it, okay. which is Who scary. Knows? Also, because they, they're they not going for VR themselves. So they're like, oh, we can just partner with somebody, you guys do make it. money off the IP. Maybe. Yeah, you guys do okay, it. Okay, you convince yeah. me again. It's going to be potential. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be flip-floppy. This is nuts. <laughs> I also think we're going to see a bunch of multiplayer titles because there's a few coming out. I think there's going to be three or four. Um, and again, I won't name names just in case I'm on any NDAs for things. But I think there's going to be a bunch of multiplayer titles. Uh, not that I know of anything. I just, 
Yeah. So <laughs> I'm just guessing. I'm guessing just... based on timing and betas and things like that. Like there's a like the Moss one, for example, and there's a few others that I think might be coming our way. And I, I expect those to be the showcase. All right. So, um, one question. Jose, you said the XR2 coming all bells and whistles, stripping out a lot of the fancy stuff, the self-track controllers and all that for our quest, our cut-down price Quest 3. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm honestly being with the PSVR 2 for as long as I have, I'm kind of okay with eye tracking. But I wanted to ask you guys, should I be? Should I be okay with eye tracking? Like, now that we're going to go into a meta headset, they can probably do that. Like, is this something that we should be worried about as a group collectively? Or are we just riding this wave and be like, nah, all right, you got my eyeballs now. I'm curious. I'm where, of, where do you guys sit I'm on that? I'm kind of tired of it. And I'm just like, you know what? Just fine. Take, it Take away. my eyeballs. Like, it's not that, but it's hard to say because it's not like meta is still a very ad heavy, you know, Company, company versus something like the PlayStation. So yeah. I don't know. Like, I love the technology so much, though, that I don't know. It's like, okay, where does yeah. that line, where's that line of like, how much would I be willing to give? But it's, it's scary, too. I, I don't know. I, part of me just wants yeah. to be like, I don't give a crap anymore. Learn. But yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, it's very scary because the, the eyes, you can learn, you know, I have cataraconus, which is like my eye, I use special contacts because my eyes are like pointier than they, they should be. And oh, in yes. all of that research and learning about the eyes, you, you learn that you can pretty much determine like almost half of human illnesses through the eyes. It, it's, it's very interesting. And you're wow. going to see a lot of maybe like a lot of data that you don't want to share out there or, or, lear- or, or, or a headset learning something about you that you yourself don't know yet. It's pairing that up with all of the analytical tools. That's the scary stuff that I'm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. This this juncture of eye tracking and all the stuff we're about to get into talking about the AI part of the podcast. Like I'm a little nervous. But Rowdy, you seem you seem to be our uh, most level headed logical fella hope. who is close to the tech. Um, what what Pope Rowdy? What is your <laughs> feeling about all this at the moment in terms of eye tracking? Um, what in, in terms of dangers of the technology, or in terms of like, like beta should thinking, I suppose we, should we should we should we uh, should we care that our eyes are getting tracked in upcoming future headsets? It's kind of like when mobile phones you you started to listen to us, right? Like, how much should we care? Should we be nervous? Should we not buy a headset because it has that? Like, you know, people are listening and wondering. I mean, that same question for themselves. Uh, should we care? I think 100%. Yes, we should care about it. Uh, but should it deter you from, you know, like exploring like a new kind of technology? I don't think so. But I do yeah. think that, but again, like, you know, in the, in the US, everything is so different in terms of like data relations and data privacy compared to what it is in Europe. And I think what, what, what we should do, we should do in North America is push for, uh, a stronger control over your own personal data. Uh, and I don't I think that technologies itself should be limited in terms of how they how they work, uh, because I think there's a lot of benefit that comes from that. The same discussion can be held about the AI field, but I do think that we should push far stronger for like having control over your personal data, just in general. I w- is so well said, Rowdy. I would love it if they cloned GDPR and brought it to North America, 
honestly, just for a bit more control on uh, personal data. And yeah. it's also a lot of the large yeah. companies already have to follow that anyway. So it probably won't be a huge technological lift for them. Uh, just harmonize that. I'd like to see that globally. Yeah, and that's and I feel like unfortunately the the, the opposite is happening. Is that you, you mentioned the GDP and, and all these standards and procedures? Worldwide, data is starting to get a direct financial, like equal amount. So that's why TVs and they, like TVs have lowered in price because they're tracking everything you watch and see. Headsets will eventually have the terminology. And the data structures to say, hey, we're tracking all these eyes. And because of this, the user is helping us make the system better. And that and that help equals 0.001, which equals, you know, $5, blah, 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 which equals to there. There is a financial equation with data that that was that has been broken all the way up to the original iPhone. So for us to ever get that reality that we want, we have to almost like erase Everything past like 2001. It's it's yeah. really scary. And we're we're on the boat. Yeah, is what you're saying. We're already on that boat. We're sailing it. This is just another the UK, trick in the you bag. You mentioned of the UK, and, 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 and the reality is the UK is starting now to understand the business practices of data. They're not blocking data and creating restrictions to protect the user. No, they're 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 making. They're making hostage negotiations with these companies in order to pay. It's happening in, in the U.S. with <sighs> VPNs now where <laughs> some states are blocking adult websites. Um, it just happened, I think, in Ohio recently. Oh, no. And VPNs are now <laughs> – yeah, it, it, it's, it's very interesting where, yeah, data has cost, has price. And our eyeballs are – I'll tell you this. Um, if you – even this week, the copyright office, the, the gov- like copyright the government – is having AI seminars this week about how to create pricing structures for AI created yep. products. I'm not surprised at that. This equilibrium that you just painted in our in our minds there, Jose, I think is a really good picture. Um, and that's that's kind of enough for me. But it's a good segue. Unless Adam, you had something to chip in there, then we're heading into the road of AI. No, we'll just have to see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I guess I don't know. It's it, it's such a complicated <laughs> subject. It I don't know. We'll, yeah. Feds. Yeah, it's another one of those. I like Substatica's comment. Very eye-opening stuff. Ah. That's that's cute, buddy. Um, (laughs) All right, next up. Let's start off with an update on AI in general. I know this is starting to bleed into our VR, AR podcast. Um, Well, friends of ours who were over the house last weekend showed us this uh, YouTube clip, um, which is a short film, Marvel MasterChef. It's an incredible... 14-minute composition made by AI in piecemeal, stitched together by a human to show off what it would be like if Black Widow and Captain America had at it in a Hell's Kitchen episode for Marvel characters. Uh, Voices were nigh spot on, and I do encourage our audio listeners and podcast viewers to go check this out. Just look up Marvel Master Chef. This is the first in the series. Um, Some of the dialogue, particularly later on in this 14 minutes uh, was quite unbelievable. Um, it was like custom cinema or telly just just made for you. Um, you put in some prompts and wham, bam, there you go. You're there with Gordon Ramsay um, or maybe you're in the Matrix or you're in Little Woman or the Muppets. Damn, the fucking opportunities here are endless. But being able to see something this 
adept this early um, certainly woke me up. Definitely woke me up. Um, so I don't know if you guys caught this in your feeds or socials, Jose, you did. Mm -hmm. What was your reaction to it? Man, it's that's the stuff that scares me. Um, believe it or not, it, it's the voices, the, the audio recognition yeah. is, is what scares me the most about AI. Um, it, putting my tinfoil hat on real quick. It, it, I, you know, it, this is AI is the perfect Trojan horse for Western globalization, because when you look at when and, and Raleigh has explained this before is these are pattern seeking. So the better the pattern, the better recognizes the the algorithm between words and how structures are made, the better it is, which means that right now, all of these tools are kind of focusing on the English language. And you're going to start seeing a expansion of these tools into languages that are westernized, like Spanish. Um, that video that you mentioned also has a direct Spanish version of it. And Does the voices cool. are in Spanish. <laughs> they sound like like the character, uh, the Avengers characters in the Spanish dubs. It, it's It's very terrifying how you're not going to probably see these advancements in other languages until their languages are digitized to or or, or their data their history is digitized to kind of to where we're at it's that's right. where ai really always has me really thinking a lot about it. it's like man this is going to probably kill like kanji and all of these different language structures that ai may eventually get to but not right now yep. and i don't so very yeah very similar to like signatures and calligraphy yes where now we're all just typefaces on a computer right and almost no one's handwriting anything anymore Impressive. even signatures are kind of going out out the way yeah. you know so it's like that but in a digital form mm -hmm. um again another awesome point um had you seen this one rowdy because you, you you're yeah neck deep in all this I've, stuff i've um i've seen that one and there's other ones as well like uh there, there's one that is a, a commercial for a pizza place uh, I don't yeah. know if you've seen that Marshall one. For a pizza Secret place. ingredients. No, what was that? Yeah, it's like a, the, the entire script is written by ChatGPT. Uh, the 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 logo is generated by Stable Diffusion, and then uh, I think the video is made by Runway ML, uh, which is one of those video uh, AI algorithms. Uh, and the the slogan was uh, "It's like family, uh, but with cheese." So it was like really <laughs> brilliant <laughs> slogan. Uh, the voices were done by Eleven as well, uh, so it's 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 a very. I mean, it, it's still disturbing to watch it because it looks like you know, like these yeah. video things. They're they're a little bit behind compared like all of the rest. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, give it a couple of more months, and uh, the, 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 this stuff is gonna is gonna yeah. be very very crazy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, this is this is your uh, podcast homework. So. Um, <laughs> Marvel uh, MasterChef is one. Rowdy, what was the title of that one? Do you know? It, it's a, uh, I think AI pizza commercial or something like that. I can, I can look it up if you want. I can like maybe. Yeah, go for uh, it. Uh, Just give our, uh, give our audience something to, a, 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 little, to a little bit about. of a teaser. <laughs> the other yeah, one was the, like the, the Great the Catsby. The shop was called the, right? the I pizza. <laughs> I mean, it, it, like I'm going to show it from the beginning because like it's, it, it turns into a horror movie quite quickly. Uh, <laughs> I I might have seen this again, yeah. like it morphs kind of in a funny yeah. way. I saw one with a barbecue where humans were burning. Yes, like it was, I saw yeah. that one. That's so terrifying. Yeah. yeah. It really is terrifying. Yeah. I'm just watching this now. We're watching this back yeah. for the audio listeners. Um, there, there is some, Cheese, pepperoni. There's something in an oven. Yeah. I love the ingredient list. Yeah. The <laughs> secret <laughs> things. <laughs> it's mostly special it's sauce got, or, but. It, 
Tom Tom Green as a as a as a as a delivery driver. Some people with transformative mouths. I love oh my it. lord. Like family, but with more cheese. <laughs> Man, I want that pizza now yeah. so badly. So keep coming. Hit us up with this. Uh, again, we've got our F Reality crew Twitter. Uh, ping us with stuff that you, uh, you've you caught and you think is awesome. Uh, let us know about it because, uh, yeah, we're just going to keep consuming this stuff. I yeah. think it's it's an important thing to keep focused on. And thank you, Rowdy, for first bringing our attention to it. I'm definitely hooked. Yeah, uh, the, the um, images were actually created by Midjourney and the video clips wow. were indeed by Runway Gen okay. 2. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Well, um, there are very few topics that result in my DMs exploding with, have you seen this? Um, but here's one, right? So as a big fan of modded Skyrim, uh, it was hard to ignore the splash that PC Gamer made this week by featuring a modder's creation that takes OpenAI's large language model, ChatGPT, to generate responses to NPCs in Skyrim. So we were just talking about Skyrim. This is all folding together in a kind of a scary way here. Uh, one of the best examples of in-game LLM used to date is a combo of ChatGPT with XVA synth, which is text-to-speech. So taking the text from ChatGPT's prompts, and then Whisper, which is speech-to-text, taking what the player is saying to the character to transform, translate it, and understand it, bundling those three into a mod for Skyrim. Now, the mod's not publicly available yet. It's certainly going through testing, but there are videos of this. Uh, this includes lip-syncing of the voices and NPCs' awareness of in-game events, so they know what's going on in the game world, and they've been fed that history. I'll give you one example here. When prompted with an unpublished question, um, as these were cut from the video, Lydia responds to the player with this very Skyrim statement. And also it's a, it feels a little bit AI. I'll just read it out here. As a house Carl, my identity is closely tied to my duties and my role as a protector and servant. However, I do have my own thoughts and feelings and desires, and I strive to maintain a sense of balance between my duty and my inner self. It can be a challenge at times, particularly when my emotions conflict with my duties or I am faced with difficult decisions. However, I try to stay true to who I am at my core and to act with integrity and honor with everything that I do. Um, so see, you know, AI isn't going to harm us unless, of course, they have an emotional meltdown and you conflict with their paper paperclip making objectives, um, but yeah, this kind of mod, like once it becomes available publicly, you can guarantee I'm going to go try it out. There was another one as well that's currently um, open source. Um, it is called Inworld Skyrim Mod by Block the Worker, uh, who just updated this a couple hours ago on GitHub, um, and this combines uh, what will be familiar to Skyrim modders: SKSE, Papyrus, and Node.js. Uh, the source code is available for anyone who's proper tinkery, not like us. Um, and, and and that one allows in-game typing and response of uh, a voice from the in-game characters. So it's voiced speech prompts back out again from the system, spinning off of work in, in, in prior games. I think they have to nail three things to get this right in open world RPGs like Skyrim. Number one, context. So the history of what's going on, what you're doing, what makes sense in the context of the world. So they're not just talking about, I don't know, BAU politics or something from planet Earth. It would feel a bit out, you know. Um, the second one is timing. The thing that I saw at VRTO last uh, last year, as I mentioned in Lee Vermeulen's um, summary and a couple of others who were showing live chat GPT transformation and then spitting out the text to the game character was a delay. Mm -hmm. So timing is second, right? The timing 
uh, in the cadence of the tone. Like if I was sitting across the table from Jose, Rowdy or, or Adam and I delayed two seconds every time I was speaking, you'd be like, what's what's wrong with you, Zim? It's, <laughs> you don't feel very human. Processing. <laughs> Processing. Processing. You'd almost feel like you're talking to Zuckerberg or somebody, you know, <laughs> Musk, one of those guys. Um, and the third one is tone. Like the tonality of speech is really important and it's incredibly subtle in our language. And it's not something that they've mastered yet. Like Jose was saying about that MasterChef example, they're getting close and they can certainly get the accents right. They can even get the accents right in different languages, which is spooky. Yeah. Um, so we're, I think that's probably of the three of them, the closest. I think context will be solved relatively easy through, again, in-game APIs and calls to information to get the timing. But then the timing part is definitely the most challenging from an engineering perspective, because you got to throw it back, process it, and bring it back transformed with almost no time in between. Um, so... Like, I mean, I can maybe briefly comment on this. Uh, so Do. basically what you're saying is, so it's tonality, it's context, and it's mm -hmm. timing, right? So the timing aspect, I mean, as these models get like faster and our computing power increases, I, I think that will be resolvable. Uh, the tonality mm -hmm. is, I think, an entirely different problem uh, because that's, that's probably something that is inherent to these kind of models and need to be trained based on a lot of data. Uh, but the context, uh, I'm actually kind of surprised that they have it working with multiple characters because usually how this works is that they, they like context is very easy to do because you train a model based on previous contexts. And then, for example, with these GPT models, you can lock the base layers of the model so that, you know, those, those, those language models will always work. And then you retrain basically like the last final layers of those models on the specific context for the purpose of what you want to use it for. But mm. the, the way that I think, I mean, I don't know how they did it, but usually what is done is that you would have to train that for every specific character that you want to have context for. So, and, and that's why I was a little bit surprised to see that they have, like when they're speaking to a trader, you know, the, the trader gives trader responses and you don't want, you don't want every NPC in the game to be, sound like you're talking to the same kind of person, right? You, mm -hmm. want, you right. want them to get right. different kind of yeah. responses. So the way that I think you would have to do that is that you would have to give context to every single specific individual in, in the game. Individual training yeah. then, yeah. right? Yeah. Every so single every time you would have to retrain yeah. the last layers of the model for that specific individual. Um, and that's what it feels like from the prompts. I was really surprised yeah. as someone very familiar with Skyrim yeah. to watch this in real time um, not the one with the uh, speech to text, then text to speech back. That one had obviously long delays in processing and then were cut into clips and chunks in the trailer. But the one which was text prompt entry, um, which is like the target state, right? It was amazing to hear the characters who I knew and loved from Skyrim talking back things that were sensible about it, you know, and like storekeepers talking about their opening times the, that are real things in the game. You can't go during the, the night. The, the you know, problem you go is going to be a little bit uh, uh, with like evil characters. I mm -hmm. think uh, especially with these kind of models that have like a, a morality implemented, it's going to be hard, Ooh. I think, with retraining that in order to actually say things like, I want to murder an entire yes. society, which you often get like in games, like where you have an yeah. evil character. So I would like to see that actually being done in Skyrim where you have someone who is like evil and wants to wipe out the entire population. I don't think it's impossible. Uh, it, it is just... Um, it's tricky it's, though it's because trickier. of the boundaries you have to set. Have with, within GPT, model. of course. Like oh, if, oh, yeah. if you AI go into actor. other models, 
it's gonna yeah, because it's multiple. It's gonna be multiple. I guess multiple scr- multiple stories running in real life. You have the overall one that's gonna like dictate what everybody within it has to do, and then you have to individualize each certain person to have its own story, which is going to contradict technically with the same system because we don't have a way to create multiple threads. It's like ray tracing for conversation yeah, so and awareness. Yeah, that's, that's Situational exactly awareness. It's it. really cool, right? It's like bouncing around. Wow. And I saw that what Sony Steve... in the chat said you could just use Bing for the evil ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Nice oh, one, Nimso. Oh, man. All right. That's that's beautiful. So those were my thoughts anyway that maybe, um, you know, it'd be context, timing, and tone would be the drivers to get this right. Like, is there anything else that I'm missing there? Do any of you think that, like, there's something else in the context of, you know, making a believable open world universe characters? Like, if you go talk to somebody, what makes that realistic? I didn't look at any white papers, and I'm sure there's studies on this, but I'm just curious. That was that was knee-jerk reaction from me, so you guys might think of something else that applies maybe to you. Rowdy, eye contact yeah maybe rowdy Something has like a different a differing opinion but i i for what i understand there is no accounting for that it, quite frankly the algorithm doesn't care what it's looking for is for a mm. pattern based on everything that's being fed into so it really doesn't really care for context the context is the sequence pattern um that's i i feel that uncanny valley stuff that we see with 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 dictation and all that will disappear based on the person that's emulating and a really good example of that is uh, i hate bringing him up but kanye west um if you listen to the ai kanye west songs and you listen to a really well produced one there's songs that Kanye West's voice cannot reach because of the high notes and you can actually hear digital voice cracking which mm-hmm. is his voice trying to reach a certain point but it can't and ah. then you almost hear it drop and it's and, and, and it's because there's no contextual data of that voice hitting those notes that's really interesting that the quality and we might have to be very attuned to this looking for what is real like in a conversation a, a phone call that we get from mom is no longer hang on a second here something didn't sound quite right yep. and we'll start to with our human ears start to listen for those quality the changes in quality right yep. which unfortunately because of the way bits and bytes move around the internet dynamic quality shifts are something that's already part and parcel of our communication yeah. today so that might be difficult to detect over the internet <laughs> it, it, you can't that, uh, a lot of people be, be a lot of smarter very smart people that I love listening to talk about this stuff. They call it hu- humanity detection. I feel like that's the, that's going to be the the only gate, the, the the only honest way to know if you're not a bot is a human determining it. And on the the problem is that we're creating an ocean for machines. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not convinced on that. I, I I'm not that? because no because a lot of these like if you for example look at GANs like generative or virtual networks which are a lot of these yeah. like image kind of things is they're based on, it's basically two networks that are trying to fool each other constantly. One of them is being generative and the other one is actually adversarial, trying to detect if there is something that is wrong in that image. Therefore, it is generated by an AI. And if you have enough good data to feed into that, eventually you come at the point where the generative network will start 
fooling the adversary network and you will not be able to detect it anymore. But of based course, on that logic, you can do the opposite also. <laughs> you can feed that data into the system and you create a cat and mouse game. That's what I'm trying to say is eventually we're creating an ocean. We, we can swim in the ocean. We can swim next to sharks. The shark is still a threat, but we can survive it. I think that we're building a digital ocean where humans can swim in it, but... <laughs> You're I'm at, so lost on it, this metaphor. I, I'm, like, yeah. I'm swimming my, in with sharks. The best way Something's to explain dangerous. it is the what? internet is going to be dominated and owned by AI. We're, we're building a, a apex predator that, mm -hmm. yes, we can maybe outsmart it, but it will always figure no. out how to outsmart us. Like, I, I, I think the idea, like, I think we are typically overestimating our own capabilities with this a little bit. Uh, I, I think that we're, we're, ultimately come to a point where we will not be able to discern uh discern yeah, yeah. for sure but aren't you like, guys kind of saying the same you're, you're kind of getting to the point where you're you're agreeing mm -hmm. i think which is yeah that probably maybe not before the year is out maybe this year um we're gonna be fooled yes and then there's no looking back there's no looking because back. once you're past that precipice how do you know what's real? Yeah. Mm. And that's that's what I like to how think about. It's like, how, how do you, you seg... We're going to find a way to... Because humans love to do that. We're going to find a way to segregate it. We're going to find a way to segregate artificial intelligence. And maybe humans are just so. going to be like, internet, AI, humans here, or something like that. Because we're just not going to know. That's like Star Trek, when they put all their <laughs> AI and they're like, they're still like, no more AI, we're yeah. making it illegal. Yeah. yeah, it might not be that far forward for us. So, And then we get into Robo Recall, and man, that game's a bit brutal. So... If that's in our future, uh, what about, this is the last point before I flip to Jose here. So what about applying AI to customize and solve sim sickness or VR sensitivities for you and adjust that dynamically on the fly instead of the fixed models we have today, rendering tricks like um, floating grid dots and like Echo, right? Vignettes that we have in numerous games where they just put blinders on you like a like you're a feckin' horse. Um well, University of Missouri is on that road and trying to solve the problem. I'm going to quote him on this. Uh, cyber sickness is not generic. For instance, one simulation could trigger cyber sickness in me, while the same simulation may not cause cyber sickness for someone else. Kaza uh, Anurul Hoke in the Department of Electrical Engineering and Computer Science said, um, explainable AI can also help software developers identify the most important features needed to optimize the model for teaching the AI how to identify someone experiencing cyber sickness. This is especially important for users wearing standalone VR headsets. So this is something that's kind of interesting, but it's like one of the first use cases that I've seen where we put AI to the task and we might solve a very human problem uh, for ourselves as a result. Now that's probably similar to a lot of medical research, but in our discrete virtual reality area. This is the first that I've seen of this. Uh, Rowdy, I'm curious, have you come across solutions like this in in, in your own personal research before? Because it's the first time I... No, I haven't it. really uh, seen like it applied at least like this. No. Yeah. But, um, and your thought? Yeah, it's cool. Could that, could it's, that work? It's, I, yeah. I, I think so. I think like, uh, you know, using AI for any of purposes like this is going to be very, very useful and probably very applicable as well. It'd be neat if um, no longer do we notice what the software is doing. Instead, it's dynamically altering bits and pieces of the experience while you're having it and just say goodbye to sim sickness, which would be great. And we'll get over a huge hump uh, for some people. Meanwhile, in China, Skynet. Yes, <laughs> actual Skynet. 
<laughs> Named by fans of the Terminator movies, China has a facial recognition system that pales or that uh, is 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 crazy when compared to many other countries. Now I've sent Rowdy a couple of pictures of this. That's quite daunting, um, but. This is uh, this is a system that's used to help China's government to crack down on enemies of the state. And again, I won't expand the thinking from there, but there you go. Um, so Skynet is the name of one of their facial recognition systems. I don't know why humans should be allowed to make decisions with technology at all. You know, I don't I, I just don't because yeah. are we writing our own Hollywood plot here? I think we are. Right. What are your thoughts about this, Jose? You're a futurist. I I. <laughs> Where are we it going? depends on the hands of the people. I, I was watching videos uh, of the of the facial recognition. I, I saw a, a guy walking at the airport, and he had like a beanie on, and he kept fooling it because it actually shows you where they were they were testing it by sh- walking up to it, and it will show you where your flight or your gate is. And he was actually walking by and fooling it. He would put on a beanie and just like show a little bit of his face, and it knew his face every single time. It is wow. so terrifying how accurate it is. And what if he shows a little leg? Does it? <laughs> see uh, hopefully, it that? hopefully <laughs> not. But that would be that would be crazy. I, I love that they go in the video like yeah, Terminator is the favorite film of our founder, but we want to put some good stuff in this system. I'm like, uh, <laughs> oh God, are you missing the point? The are you missing the point? Oh my God, yeah. it's so odd. It, it just know, reminds it's... me a little bit of that. Uh, there's like another Chinese company. I forgot what it was, but they use like the logo from the Umbrella Corp. Oh, yes. God. Yes. <laughs> Why? Yeah, it's exactly it's exactly the same logo. Exactly. Yeah. They think it's funny, but it's like, dude, like, no, I don't want I don't want you to even like manifest this into a reality for me. Instantly, don't trust your company now. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's a that's a reality out east. Very good. Coming soon to a continent near you. Um, (laughs) But that's enough shit chitter chatter about Skynet, as it will be feeding on this podcast before long. And Skynet, we love you. Remember that parts. Be nice to um, your Googles and your. Let's get Alexis. back. Exactly. <laughs> let's let, let's get back uh, to more terrestrial habits. Jose is going to take you through his usual curation gauntlet and give us the lowdown this week on releases. All right. So first one we have is another Fisherman's Tale, um, the sequel Thanks. to. A Fisherman's Tale. <laughs> um, <laughs> who would have guessed? Who would have thought, right? <laughs> So yeah, it's a it's a storytelling uh, escape puzzle game. Um, looks to be releasing May 11th, uh, 14.99 US, about 12 pounds. Um, yeah, it's a a lot more of Fisherman's Tale. Uh, sharper mechanics, new puzzles. Um, yeah, so that's uh, May 11th. We 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 don't normally say this about games, but that sounds cheap. Fifteen yeah, fifteen dollars. That's and for what I understand is that it's all new puzzles, so it's they're not they're not remixing old puzzles. So that's that's actually pretty pretty cheap. Yeah, because I think the original was like closer to thirty, if I remember yeah. correctly. Um, interesting, why they would price so low? Um, do you know the length at all? I do not. Um, this they is, don't normally say no. it. I, I feel like yeah. what's happening is that we're starting to see normalization or standardization of mechanics. Uh, um, all right now, mm. all VR games are kind of unfortunately the same exact mechanic when you look at it from an engineering perspective. That I feel that you know, fifty ninety nine for puzzles, twenty nine ninety nine for a shooter. Anything higher than that is like a full fledged AAA game. That's what I feel like right now. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, well, I'm, I'm happy to have it. I just think they could charge a little bit more. I agree with right. that. So up next, Quiet I have... <laughs> <laughs> we want to pay more! <laughs> so up next, I have is Dead Hook VR. Um, it's a shooter game with brutal combat. It reminds me a lot of, like, an intersection of Doom that we talked about it earlier, but it has a lot of Quake kind of in it because of the maps and the design puzzle styles of the shooter. Um, but, yeah, that's Dead Hook VR. Releasing also May 18th. I don't have a price for that one. It is a quest game. Let's see here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna while, while you're doing yes. that, I'm gonna ask a, ask and potentially answer a question. Is that from our f- friends at Joyway? Is that the new Joyway title? It looks like one. I don't right? remember. It looks like a Joyway. It looks like a Joyway title. Let me check that right now. Just yeah, 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 because I. Yeah, it just reminds me a lot of their previous titles um, in terms of the look and feel. Sorry, developer, if you're not Joyway. It is Joyway. Um, (laughs) Joyway. Yeah, it's fucking Joyway. I thought so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a a good... That's amazing. (laughs) Zim knows his game, man. That's awesome. And last one. What's up? The the thing with Joyway is that... Like, they, they... Often, like, I feel like these are, like, titles that are very quickly brought out, and then it's, like, move on to the next one instead of there's continuous support for, you know, what you would like to f- feel like a fully-fledged game, right? Yeah, and, th- and they've got another one in the in, in the cooker as well that might be out in Alpha, which is, I forget what it's called. Stride. It's, it's like Stride. It's, it's, it's got a ring. There's a ring. It's ring-based platform combat, kind of like Ricochet, years oh, and yeah. years ago, right? Valve had released that game. I forget the title of it. Very fast-paced, arena-style battler. But they seem to keep bringing their same stuff, reskinning it, yeah. putting out some game mechanic twists, and then launching a whole new IP, whole new chain. Yeah. But but it's just, I want, I so badly want them to stick to something and commit to it. Yeah. And put time into it and and enrich their community and get some legs under themselves. Mechanics. They clearly have the skill. Yeah. I'm not trying to speak against Joyway. But, like, if you're going to keep sussing out a project, like, find one you believe in yeah. and then show us you Which believe in it. Which I thought Stride was going to be the was going to be That's it. what everyone thought, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> I thought Stride was going to be it. And, and funny enough, before Stride, they had a game that looked like Stride. I think that might be the game you're talking about, that you had, like, a hook in your head and you went, like, through buildings and ran. Um, but that was an LBE arcade game. I don't know if that even really had a, a, a consumer version. I don't mm. recognize the name of it. The closest thing to that description is a is a different company, and they made um grapple grapple tournament, grapple. which was yeah, quite, quite a cool game. That was a good game, not Joyway. Yeah. Um, what do you got next for us, Jose? Firmament, Firmament VR. Um, that looks to be releasing May 18th. Um, with all consoles, I believe it, it, there is a 2D version also, and I believe PS4, Correct. PS5, and PS VR two versions will be releasing this year. Um. I think Zim, you is wanted to talk a little bit PSVR more about PSVR two is this year. Yes. Holy yes, that is officially oh confirmed on their on their launch trailer, which was weird because it wasn't it it, it, it was an official Sony trailer for the release on Quest, but at the bottom it said it was releasing on consoles, <laughs> which was really bizarre. I feel like maybe a marketing intern just copy and pasted and didn't mm-hmm. realize that. But yeah, yeah. they do need to work a little bit on their trailers. I feel like it's like no, I'm joking. <laughs> like this looks insane. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I was gonna. I was I was about to jump to down so mind. far down your throat, man. I was gonna. There was gonna be a live murder right now. Like, yeah. 
Because this trailer is yeah. probably the best. If you listen to it with the soundtrack yes. going in particular, I forget the band. Again, I told you I'm not up on my music, but um, uh, it is just a gorgeous like showcase of detail, mm-hmm. of just detail scenes. And you can even see their pedigree from Mist all the way forward in the puzzles that they've got. So it feels like Cyan Worlds. And it is them, and it's out in two in twelve days. In twelve days, we have to boil our noodles again so because excited. for anyone who played their previous games, man, I couldn't get past Mist. I, I went through so many cool things, foggy landscapes, all types of cool stuff. Got stuck inexorably. Same thing with Abduction. Abduction. If you get that on Steam, it's got the same thing that Ghost of Tabor have in these like two D hologram models you have of Proper D and Ghost of Tabor. If you played that, um, but for all their characters like the mayor of the city and this kind of stuff. Really slow paced, very methodical puzzles that will kill you in your sleep. (laughs) Like you'll be puzzling about these out of the game and be like, how do I do that? You'll spend two hours, you'll go nowhere and you'll go back to bed like very unsatisfied with yourself. Um, So that's what I'm looking forward to in Firmament. I got a chance to play an early build of this about three years ago (laughs) and it was super cool even then. So... Yeah, I, 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 I can't wait for this multi-platform launch from Giants yeah. Cyan Worlds. And also um, if you're into puzzles at all, seeing do this Cyan game. Worlds come back and, and, and also paying attention to games that were inspired by Myst. Um, like, there's so much. Like, I, 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 when I saw the trailer for that, I was like, oh, these, these guys really enjoy Talos Principle. Like, I love the... the <laughs> Just the art style, the 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 the, the mist trailer. Like if you look at the old, the original mist trailer, and you look at this trailer, there's a lot of cues that kind of made me think of the mist trailer. Uh, it's such a good trailer. I love, yeah. Cyan World is definitely one of my favorite uh, devs out I, there. If I'm not mistaken, Talos was by Croatine, the same guys behind Sirius Sirius Sam. And now I just want to know what Cyan Worlds would come up as a Serious Salmon like type oh, game. Man. I would love to see that. Oh you know? man, that would be <laughs> because they have they clearly have creative ideas. Um, I just recently followed their creative director for this very reason because I saw the trailer and I was like, "You guys still have it." They really, really have it, and they've been in games for like twenty plus years, maybe thirty plus years actually. I think now to come to it, um, but yeah, that is. Absolutely something I will be playing, um, Firmament. And I, I am sure I will fail at it, <laughs> miserably. I've never beaten one of their games. Not once, but I've tried. Abduction is about a 40-hour game. I think I did 10 hours, and then I was like, that's the extent to which my Are brain will go. Are you a purist, go. then? You won't Google anything at all, even if you're absolutely that. stuck? I'm, yeah, because of my Monkey Island days, I used to... I was on an island. We didn't have the internet. Like it was, you know, it, it was like that. So I didn't have the ability to cheat. And I generally am a purist. I, it it wow. really breaks me to try to have to cheat. That said, I have been known, uh, or my chat has been known to pay for clues to get me past parts <laughs> that I'm stuck on. Just I love that. get so up and go. Just look. <laughs> yeah, same here. Some, I'm like here. I'm, I'm like, I, I felt personally disrespected because like you mentioned, of yeah. all the games you mentioned, you mentioned Monkey Island. And my, I, I, I don't even know how you did that. Like I, I needed a strategy guy the entire time with that game. And Mist too. I, I did beat Mist, but Mist was 
a a humbling experience for me that that changed me as a person. And you beat it? Yeah, Good, that's man. the reason. Did you beat, did... That's probably the reason why I don't like doing Holy human shit. stuff in games. It's it's like no, never again. I'm not going to put in human effort <laughs> into a game ever again. No, <laughs> they take effort. Yeah. They literally take effort. Yeah. You get your pen and paper out sometimes. It's mad. It's... Anyway, okay, thank you, Jose. Was that that's the it. releases yep. for this week? Yeah. Recap week. on the names just for folks. Absolutely. So the first one we mentioned all the way at the top was making sure here. Which is another Fisherman's Tale, the sequel to the award-winning A Fisherman's Tale, um, that's <laughs> releasing May 11th. Um, next one I mentioned was Dead Hook VR. It's a roguelike VR shooter. It is by the guys at Joyway that releases May 18th. And the last one was Firmament VR, which is a puzzle. It's by the guys from Mist, uh, exploratory puzzle adventure game, and that one is out also yep. on May 18th. That's absolutely very interesting. A lot, awesome. of, a lot of guns and puzzles. Guns and puzzles. <laughs> puzzles. We'll take it. We will take it. All right. Well, chat, give us a nudge if we missed anything important, and I'll recap the times for our new listeners before we get out of here. Uh, this podcast crawls up out of your sewer system every other Saturday on YouTube and Twitch. The show starts at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, and 6 p.m. in the U.K., uh, if the live show's at a tough time for you, no worries. We got an audio version too. It's there for you joggers and washers. And a quick shout to any of you who shower to F Reality. Uh, picking up the track on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Personal little uh, parade for myself here now. We finally, after 10 months, got the album artwork sorted on iTunes. Um, and actually all of our branding across the web is finally consistent. My God, that took Yay. a lot. Um, but hey, we got there. <laughs> Intro branding and everything else. So, and again, thanks to Adam for your art lead there. You've done a fantastic job. Uh, do pop a like on the show if you want to show your support. Uh, go pick up one of our sponsors games. We mentioned Rogue Ascent and Swordsman VR, both great titles. Let us know what you think of those once you dip in. Um, and share with your cousins if they need schooling in VR culture. And a little bit of a dip into AI. Tag us on F Reality Crew on Twitter whenever you're feeling naughty. And uh, with that said, uh, what have we got from chat before we hose ourselves off? Christmas specials. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, no. Luckily, that went away about mid podcast. It took a while, but. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that yeah. back up. So we can bring yeah, it up the, next we week. Almost, we, almost, we almost lost that, thread, that, that thread. <laughs> yeah it is a fair point that sampler 19 is saying in chat who showers for three hours you'd come out with very wrinkled fingers and toes um so with that it's all good well love love to chat and all that and uh you know there's nothing to see here so go get yourselves back into your headsets uh if you're not in there already thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next f reality episode Bye bye